crash, bang, wallop. What a manoeuvre. That is our lovely way of telling you that how to wrestling is now officially a part of what a manoeuvre. And that means that you can now finally get how to wrestling t-shirts from whatamanoeuvre.net. There are a whole variety of colours and styles to choose from starting at $22, which is around £18. Plus shipping, they ship worldwide. All of these t-shirts are super high quality. And if you grab yourself one, you're safe with the knowledge that you're supporting how to wrestling. This episode of How To Wrestling, which is about Wrestlemania, the granddaddy of them all, is brought to you by Paul Watts, who requested it on patreon.com slash Wrestling. Remember, if you want to get access to exclusive show notes, over 25 bonus episodes, live streams, and the ability to request your own episode, as well as getting a spot at the start of this show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash Wrestling. But for now, enjoy this episode, How To Wrestlemania. Greetings friends and welcome to another episode of How To Wrestling, the world's first wrestling podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling and goodness knows how to enjoy wrestling. Hello everyone once again, I'm Cowboy Kevin Mahan, saddling up one more time to explain things to my better half and someone who's got less teeth than the last time you've listened to her, it's Joanna Graham. Woo, yeah, less teeth. What's that all about then, huh? It's great, L- loving it. I don't love it. I see some of the uh, reviews on iTunes, you know, you can leave us a review on iTunes, five stars preferably, uh, just search for hate dressing on iTunes. One of them was like, it's four stars, I would give you a five too many teeth Mm. that's the only problem that's holding you back that's worrying because I saw someone say that they were worried that now I've lost my wisdom teeth I'd have to relearn wrestling all over again (laughs) because as we all know wrestling knowledge is storage in one's wisdom teeth that's why when your wisdom teeth came through they just helped you chew better (laughs) see I love people I was wondering were going to be like yeah actually it's too few teeth actually so you need to have more teeth so can we put your wisdom teeth back in and an additional set of teeth towards the back. I mean, I asked if I could keep them. They said no. What's that all about? Yeah, I it's don't horrible. know. It's unfair. I wanted to keep Joe's wisdom tooth and draw a little angry Ryback face on it. Like, you know. Ryback is like a troublesome tooth, isn't he? Good thing we got rid of him. He is a bit like a troublesome tooth. He's <laughs> shaped like a troublesome <laughs> He's tooth. He's shaped. He's kind of thick and, you know, worrisome like a troublesome tooth. Yeah. Like. So this week's episode is How to Wrestlemania. We are in the Wrestlemania hangover season and what better time to have a look back on some of the history, some of the hidden stories and some of the bullshit that has surrounded the premier wrestling event from the last 33 years. God, I say, oh, it makes me feel old, but I already feel old. But Joe, before we get into the granddaddy of them all and everything contained within, what did you learn in wrestling this week? So this week I learned in wrestling that being recognised by fans in front of your favourite ever wrestlers is the coolest thing you'll probably ever have happened to you in your entire life and that your life has peaked and that from this moment on your life will never be as cool as it was at that exact moment. So if you were the people who came over to say hi and shake hands and take pictures, just like Joe was in the middle going, oh my God, it's a mustache man. And then the people came in and took a picture with you. Yeah. It was, it was almost like, oh my God, it's how to wrestling. It's like, oh my God, it's mustache mountain. It's like too much birthday at it once. It was so good. 
I oh was my God. really impressed that you didn't just like get sick like it was like neon green and pink sparkly <laughs> sick like all Whoa! over myself yeah. happy sick just a little <laughs> you know that's, I'm glad you didn't do that you know it was great we got to turn around and be like yeah fuck Tyler Bate and Trent Seven no don't fuck Tyler Bate and Trent fuck Seven those are awesome don't Zack Sabre Jr or Pete Dunne nah forget them how to wrestling, mate. <laughs> it was so cool. Officially turning heel. They like. saw this happen and just, it was awesome. So thank you. Thank you. I will say, we've got a chance to meet loads, loads of people. We're going to see Fight Club Pro in Manchester. Uh, we're going to lots and lots of wrestling in there around these parts. It's fucking awesome. It's you, so fun. You ever see us, do come say hello. It's Please, always yeah. lovely to, always. To, meet, to meet people who've listened to How To Wrestling or members of the How To Universe. All I will say is, uh, I've done a bit of a write-up that'll be appearing on the new and improved fancy shiny howtowrestling.com about our experience at Fight Club Pro. But I just want to say that was a fucking incredible evening of wrestling but i would definitely say if you are folks who are looking to go and see yourself a wrestling show and let me tell you wwe put on a great show anytime they've been around our neck of the woods we went to see nxt last year in sheffield we're going to see nxt this year in manchester but honestly an experience that's really really unique is to go to a local indie or to a small show and the energy and the style of wrestling it's completely different it's like something that you will never see i mean how did you enjoy seeing as opposed to a lot of the recent shows you've been to where it's a couple of thousand people we were what 200 people crammed into a student's union bar what was that like for you yeah it was awesome you get to see the wrestlers. You get to taste the wrestlers. I got to get spat on by some wrestlers. And I got fallen on by a couple too. <laughs> you get to see loads of chairs get broken by wrestlers. Yeah, a chair literally right in front of me. Splintered into nothing. And one thing I will say, and I mean, we're obviously, this is in coming up into summer of 2017. Uh, so if this changes in the next year or so, take this with a pinch of salt. But it's a bit of a golden age, I think, for in terms of live wrestling that you can see. And make sure you get out there and support your local indies. Um, if you're a new fan, they're more than accommodating, I think, and you will have a really, really amazing time. And importantly as well, meet some lovely people. Yeah. Right, so today our topic is about WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all. We've, after just been in the last few weeks, we had WrestleMania 33, which we reviewed over on Patreon for our backers. Uh, my favourite WrestleMania. Mmm! How many WrestleManias have you seen now in total? Uh, yeah, I think about three maybe now, I'm not sure. So, for a lot of people like myself, who have been fans for hundreds and millions and thousands of years, we always think WrestleMania is a good time to get uh, new fans into wrestling. Because the idea is like, well, all I'm going to be doing for this week is watching wrestling. It's going to take up around nine hours of my day on Sunday. So you might as well come in and join in on the fun as well, because there'll be nachos. That seems really weird to me. And I've heard that happen <laughs> with a lot of people who... Like throw WrestleMania parties and they'll intentionally invite people who haven't watched any wrestling. Yeah, that's like it's a bit of a wild card thrown to the WrestleMania mix. Like. I don't think I think I think that would have put me off. Mm. I don't know. It depends on the WrestleMania, I guess. But on the whole, introducing to someone by making them watch seven hours of a show that is notoriously mixed quality. Yeah, it's not necessarily the best idea in the world. I'd have probably started off with a couple of short matches, which I know are good. Yeah. But, but I don't know, but I've heard it works. Like, there are people who've gotten into wrestling through watching a WrestleMania. I remember WrestleMania 17, which would have been in 2001. And forgive me, folks, there's going to be a lot of, I remember WrestleMania this number back in this year. Um, Do you want your Werther's Originals? <laughs> well, I am by the fire. Knee. Yeah, you know. 
know, I've fallen asleep watching Band of Brothers. Now I'm going to reminisce about old wrestling shows. Daddy, tell me stories about old WrestleMania. Well, you see, in WrestleMania 17, which is in 2001... Um, I was in boarding school at the time. Uh, Catholic all-boys boarding school. You want more details? Listen to Cinema Swirl. It's bound to come up on there at some the point. The podcast about Catholicism, and not r- films. And movies and Tiffin. <laughs> and we were all in year seven at the time, which would have been like maybe 12, 13. And a bunch of us snuck down, along with some like students who were in older years, like year 11, year 12, and some A-level students. And we all snuck down to watch WrestleMania. Now, if you're in America, WrestleMania is at a normal time. It starts at like, you know, 4 p.m. or whatever it is now. It goes on to the evening. But for us back then, WrestleMania started at 2 in the fucking morning because mm. it was only a three-hour show. And everyone who was in that room, some of us were diehard fans, myself included, most of them vaguely knew a bit about wrestling. Like, they knew who Stone Cold Steve Austin was and The Rock. That's really it. Everyone in that room became a wrestling fan for pretty much the six years I was in that school. Everyone in that room was just, even if they weren't watching week to week, identified with that night, that show. And I think for a lot of people, maybe it's that... I showed someone a wrestling show years and years ago when I was a kid, and it got them into wrestling, so... <laughs> Therefore, it works It'll totally still. work now. So, wait, WrestleMania used to only be like three hours long? Oh, yeah, WrestleMania has only gotten super long in recent years. Our runtime this year was seven hours. I just assumed WrestleMania had always been... Because since I've been watching, it has always been seven hours. WrestleMania has been seven hours since, yeah, the last three or four years it's been at least that length because they have the pre-show and then you've got you know, all the stuff in the network. They don't have to worry about you've fitting into a lot of time. half an hour The Rock speech where he sets fire <laughs> to something. Yeah, yeah, so names need to be set on fire. They won't set themselves on fire. But I was always just wondering, as someone... I mean, I remember the first bits of wrestling I showed you were some snippets from WrestleMania 30. But we were kind of only restarted watching wrestling properly around the time of WrestleMania 31. And I was wondering, like, does WrestleMania... Is it accessible to new fans, do you think? It's an interesting one because some WrestleManias are more new fan friendly than others. I get the feeling that WrestleMania is becoming more and more new fan friendly. Like yeah. this year, I think, was quite an easy one to get started with. But I don't know if that's just because I know more about wrestling than now than when I did back a couple of years ago. Because like the first WrestleMania I remember is the one where... Is it NWO? They yeah, came that's WrestleMania 31. Yeah. And it was literally just like all these old men who, who old fans all knew, but... As a new fan, they didn't even give you any... Con- they didn't even say who it was. Mm. Like, nothing. And it's interesting because at the time, I did a article for Calling Spots magazine about my perspective on WrestleMania as a complete newbie to mm. wrestling. Yeah. And I'm sure most of it made no sense because <laughs> I don't know who anyone was. And this year, there's been a great article that's been making its way around the interwebs. I, I don't know if you've seen it by uh, Charlotte Wilder, who never oh, watched. Yeah. She'd never watched any wrestling before, and she did a review on WrestleMania 33. And it's so interesting to see how well she understands the concept of wrestling as yeah. a medium. And she totally gets it. Like it seems she enjoyed it. It was really fun. But then it was a really good WrestleMania this year. It was quite a clear cut WrestleMania. Though. Yeah. It was like here's the match, here's the story, and then they did the match. Neat Here, little yeah. package. No random people coming in who'd never heard of. Wait before. a minute! It's a concept from twenty years ago. Yeah. Shh, fuck off, new fans. It's for us. <laughs> so I kind of feel like I had it a little bit harder when I came. I mean, admittedly. I'm sure if I'd joined a couple of years earlier, it would have been harder still. Mm. But like WrestleMania 31 compared to WrestleMania 33, it's a vast difference. It's interesting because WrestleMania, particularly in the last five years, has gone through like several kind of identity crises as it's trying to figure out 
what it is. I mean, WrestleMania, at essence, has always been its goal is to get people who aren't necessarily watching, watching. But now that WWE has gone on as long as it has, a lot of those efforts in recent years aren't so much, hey, let's get some people who haven't watched wrestling before. It's more like, hey, let's get that guy or that girl who maybe watched wrestling every single week in 1999 to 2001, and they never stopped. And then they just kind of fell out of favour with it. I'll always use my brother as an example, as someone who watched wrestling religiously as a young adult, and then as a proper adult, pretty much stopped altogether. And I feel like now WrestleMania is more about getting those people back into the fold, as opposed to just new fans. See, no, I think it's the opposite. I think two years ago, yeah, that mm. was the case, when they brought back all these old wrestlers who no fans wouldn't have heard of. Whereas in the last couple of years, they've been clever about doing that. I'm not saying they don't bring back older wrestlers yeah. who retired. They obviously do, Goldberg being prime example. But they're better now at leading up a story around it mm. and explaining who they are and giving some context. As opposed to just randomly, here is Hulk Hogan. Here's a bloke. <laughs> He's very famous. He is also old, but don't hold it against him. Yeah. Well, what we decided to do for this was to look at WWE's version of history and maybe have a bit of a chat about how they view how things came about. There's some truths here, there's some exaggerations. It's always worth bearing in mind when you're looking at WWE's documentaries that they have a very much their version of history. They're quite like the Communist Party in that sense. Very, very close to that, even though Vince McMahon is totally not a socialist. We watched the true story of WrestleMania, which was thankfully narrated by someone who appeared in a previous episode. That's right, one very recently. Keith David. Good old Keith. Are you happy that Keith David is involved in, in wrestling, like, in this yeah. weird capacity? <laughs> I'm annoyed, though, that he was narrating this and they didn't even touch on him working with uh, Roddy Piper. I know it didn't have anything to do with WrestleMania, really, but but I still wanted it. Like, anytime Roddy Piper appeared on the screen, he's just been like, WrestleMania, it's really, I ain't put that motherfucking glasses on. The greatest night in the history of our sport. <laughs> Alas, not. I mean, Keith David was there. In recent years, they went with Kelsey Grammer as their announcer, who I think Really? Is, yeah, WrestleMania 32, we had Kelsey Grammer going, WrestleMania. Niles, this will be the greatest night of all. <laughs> so, yeah, Keith David's had an odd way to phrase WrestleMania. And something I'm always really embarrassed about around new fans is the borderline pornographic descriptions of how amazing WrestleMania is. A celebration of life is one that they've used. A spectacle that rejuvenates the spirit. Now that sounds like some kind of nonsense dermatology thing you're going to pay hundreds of pounds like for. Crystals. That does nothing. What, yeah. what is that? Oh, these, it's these uh... crystals. We're going to we're going to rub them in your eyes, and okay. it's a spectacle that really rejuvenates the spirit. The spirit, you say? Okay. Mm. What's that you got in there? Well, that's actually the fabric of Americana. <laughs> they used to call it the granddaddy of them all. That was the phrase for WrestleMania. As I was growing up, like the granddaddy of them all. Why? Granddaddies are old men with Werther's originals. Oh my god, it's fucking Vince McMahon over here. That's literally why they stopped using it. Vince is like, I don't like that old shit. Yeah. I old. think it's literally when Vince McMahon became a granddad, he was like, <laughs> ah, I don't like this granddaddy shit. Like, so. It makes me feel old. The funny thing about that as well is that the granddaddy of them all, the phrase that they used, was, wasn't even a WrestleMania phrase. It's the Rose Bowl, which is a big college football game. That's the granddaddy of them all. So they nicked it. So they basically nicked it and they're like, yeah, we're too cool for it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, WrestleMania has had a lot of silly accolades over its years. You have a lot of excited fans and excited wrestlers talking about how big this moment is. Edge describes it as wrestling Christmas. 
Hmm. Is that a fair estimation? Oh, very fair. Yeah, that's a really apt way to describe it. People hate on Christmas a lot less than they hate on WrestleMania. What? You mean the, the population in general? Well, like... You say it's wrestling Christmas, yet everyone spent like, the whole like run up to WrestleMania this year just fucking Fashion pissing it. and moaning. Like, oh, it's gonna be terrible. Get, gonna get a PS4 and shit. Like. To be fair, that's quite accurate for what Christmas is like normally anyway. Really? Most people complain about Christmas. Oh my god. Christmas sucks. I hate Christmas. Of course, you can't even say happy WrestleMania anymore because they'll put you in jail because of political correctness. It's a bloody war on WrestleMania. <laughs> that's what it is. The National Trust should have broadcast WrestleMania this year, but they didn't because the loony left. If you say you celebrate WrestleMania, they'll literally throw you in jail. Hulk Hogan said WrestleMania is better than the Super Bowl and the Rolling Stones. What random... You're just going to pick two things. It's better than pick something out of a hat. The Beatles and toasters. Well, actually, Joe, as it turns out, WrestleMania is better than Daddy... And chips. Really? Wow. Wow. Accolades. <laughs> so we start off the documentary kind of explaining what WrestleMania is and where it came from. All accompanied by really cheesy acoustic guitar music, which I loved. It's uh, worth noting that back in like 2010, I think mm. when the documentary came out, WWE had not yet hired their current crop of documentary makers. No, and clearly they've still hired the ones from the fucking 80s. Because that's honestly, this documentary looks like it's been filmed in the 80s. It's wow. so dated. It's yeah. so dated. The use of music is a bit peculiar Love oftentimes. it. <laughs> so like WrestleMania is kind of, it's a really interesting one to talk about because like WrestleMania is an event that was kind of like very unique and unlike a lot of what was around at the time because before you had the WWF, you had the regions. That's something we talked about way back in our first episode, but just as a little mini recap, you didn't have a big company that had, this is the wrestling show, like Raw is, and it's shown all over the, the United States of America and the world. It was, here's Carolina. There is a local regional wrestling promotion that covers all of Carolina. Here's its... TV show that's on Carolina TV and if it's really good maybe a few other states might have it as well here's Texas these guys run Texas this is their promotion you might sometimes have like big shows big events you know they might even do cross promotional things they did that quite a bit where they would fill like big stadiums like Wrestlemania wasn't the first show to be in like a big stadium or anything like that they would run stadiums but it was never a global thing. It was never a national thing. That was something that WWF really kind of were one of the first to do. And the main thing that they wanted to do at WrestleMania, their main idea was to use celebrities. And that was the kind of the original basis. When Vince McMahon, he took his father's promotion, which was based in New York. So Vince's dad would have just run wrestling in New York. And Vince wanted to run all over the country and all over the world. And his idea to really kickstart that off was to do a big kick-ass event called WrestleMania. That's so interesting that it basically was born out of celebrityism. Oh, yeah. Like, celebrity culture. That makes so much sense now as to, like, what wrestling is as a sort of performance art and an entertainment rather than a sport. You can really see how... Because it, wasn't it the case that a lot of rest, other wrestling promotions kind of accused... WWF have almost exposing the business because of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You didn't bring in outsiders, really. That was something that didn't really happen. With the exception of maybe, you know, Andy Kaufman and a few celebrities here and there involved down in Memphis and down south. Most of the times it was, here is wrestling, you don't let in outsiders. And like we talked about in our Roddy Piper episode, he kind of epitomised that. If you let someone come in and make the wrestlers look bad or make the wrestlers seem secondary or not big deals, like a big celebrity can easily make a wrestler seem like like fucking nobody just by 
you know, not selling their stuff or not not treating them with the air of mystery or, or whatever that they would get on the show. It's funny, I was actually watching a clip the other day of two guys from Jackass who were going to get a big match at SummerSlam, but they started laughing when they shot the angle. Like, the big bad guy was beating the shit out of them and they started laughing. It's like, you're making this guy look like he's not a big deal and then they cut off the whole angle even though there was posters printed big money was being thrown around nope jackass not involved with wrestling because you're making this up too shitty oh my god jackass fucked up they did and the idea of like celebrities being in wrestling that is that's the genesis that's what makes wrestlemania wrestlemania that's what makes wwe wwe because there were other big shows the nwa which had you know dominion over all the little territories the year before WrestleMania, they ran a show called Starcage. It ran on closed circuit TV. It was like a pay-per-view of its day. Had big, big matches. All guys from all over the world. It was meant to be like the premier wrestling event. Huh. But no one ever talks about Starcade as being the first premier wrestling event. They talk about WrestleMania. Because WrestleMania was the first one that got mainstream attention. Because of names like Cindy Lauper and Mr. T, which even though we talked about a little bit in Piper, it's still amazing to know that wrestling started on the backs of Mr. T and Cindy Lauper as far as WWE is concerned. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the rock and wrestling connection. It's funny, the other companies could not understand what they were doing. Like they, they were laughing at them, they were mocking them. Well, I'm not surprised because I imagine if you, if you take wrestling really seriously... And you're like, yeah, it's, it's a sport, man. You know, it's hard. It's violent. And you've got to live up to this whole, this image. Mm. And then suddenly there are these guys like adding random celebrities in. It would seem like either selling out or like really tacky. Desperate kind yeah, of. Like, yeah, like we're not good enough. We've got to rely on these other guys to like give some fame. Yeah. And that's why I've been attempting to try and get like, you know, big celebrity names on all my podcasts. Yeah. Now. You know, I'm going to slowly phase out everyone who's in the podcast bring in celebs instead, you know. Mm. Figure Mr. T can do your job pretty easily. Though. Oh, you're not going to go for Cindy Lauper? No, no, no. Cindy Lauper's going to replace Adam on the Atchera podcast. Oh, fair, good fit. <laughs> so the AWA and the NWA would have been two big other wrestling companies at the time. They were pretty confident that this was going to be a complete flop. A lot of people don't know about WrestleMania, the original one. Do you know how it was financed? I, yeah. I've heard bits here and there. So Vince basically mortgaged his home which is terrifying but like every time we cover anything about vince's like early years doing wwf i just think of this like parallel world in which he didn't or make certain of the dis- many things yeah, didn't happen that could not have happened like if he hadn't chosen to have celebrity involvement or if he hadn't chosen because like surely everyone would have been like don't do this vince it's a stupid decision don't fucking mortgage your house to do a wrestling show with mr t and cindy lauper you I, idiot it's not as if he had a few good years no this either. is it this, this is like he started year. off like you know and am i right in thinking his dad had already d- died at this point his father had passed that point yeah. so it's not like he has like loads of support in terms of like no he had the opposite of that he had everyone like he, he kept <laughs> on yeah he kept on his father's inner circle, um, a lot of like the kind of the names who worked closely with his father and, you know, while they supported him doing this, you know, general idea was that this was a stupid fucking idea. So interesting. Imagine if someone now was like, I'm going to start a wrestling show, even though there's loads of wrestling shows already out there. Yeah, I'm going to mortgage my house I'm going to mortgage it. my house. Don't do to, that. <laughs> to get a streaming set up for this big thing. I'm going to try and get in. All the big top names from pop culture. I'm going to get in, you know, the stars of Geordie Shore and fucking, you know, just yeah. 
And that's kind of a recruitment of what it was at the time. Yeah. It seems mad. It could so easily have not worked as well. Everyone thought it was going to be a disaster. And even that snuck down to the wrestlers themselves. Because Vince had signed up a lot of wrestlers from the territories and he basically snatched all the best wrestlers from everywhere. You know, he took Roddy Piper from Portland. He took Hulk Hogan from the AWA. He took who he saw to be the biggest stars. And then there was this big worry amongst these guys who thought, all right, we're going to go part of this global brand, this powerhouse, and now we're doing this show where the boss has mortgaged his home, and if it doesn't work, the whole company is bust. Not only that, but they probably can't go back to their original territories because they're probably like hated by their promoters, right? That was yeah? the theory, yeah, was that there was rumours going around that the wrestlers who were appearing on the WrestleMania card were going to get blackballed by the other promotions, which meant you would not be hired if you worked the WrestleMania card. Yeah. There was some rumours that some masters actually like claimed, oh, I was going to be at WrestleMania, but I was threatened. Sure. And, sure you were, yeah. Sure. So, yeah, it it wasn't on pay-per-view. It was on something called Closed Circuit TV, which I think is one of the most fascinating old technologies ever. Forget VHS, Closed Circuit TV is the new, amazing, old technology that has captivated my heart. You couldn't, back in those days, in the 80s, ring up your cable provider and say, yes, I'd like to watch WrestleMania, please. And then they would put it on your TV and you could watch it. Which is a concept I find bizarre anyway like why would you want to call up to watch a thing that's so weird it's back in the days before the big red button on skybox office so you're telling me there's something even less convenient than this there's less convenience than the red button and the phone yeah so if you wanted to watch wrestlemania back in these days you had to buy a ticket to go to see it in a local theater so what vince had done because the technology simply didn't exist to show it at home, you couldn't beam that signal out to individual homes. It didn't mm. happen back then. It wasn't for a few more years that was possible. What you did was you went down to the local cinema who would be showing the direct live feed from WrestleMania. You bought a ticket, everyone sat in the crowd. We watched the wrestling show in a movie theatre on the big screen live. Now, let me tell you, I want to watch WrestleMania like that some year. Okay, yeah, I made fun of how inconvenient that sounds, but to be fair, I think that'd be really fun. That would be so Just much bring fun. Loads of snacks, bring all your friends. Yeah. All hang out, cheer, boo. Because the problem is, like, I've seen a few WrestleManias and wrestling shows in, like, sports bars and pubs and yeah, sneaker halls. Yeah, I saw that sounds kind of inconvenient. I wouldn't want to be there for seven hours. It's a little bit loud, you're there a little bit too long, mm. you know. Whereas I think just being in a, in a movie theatre like that, you've got a little bit more privacy, I guess. It's a little bit... I don't know. There's something like that that just seems fucking brilliant. Yeah. And I hope someone decides to run WrestleMania on Closed Circuit TV. I, yeah, really hope so. But they were terrified because uh, Closed Circuit TV, again, was a new technology. So he was on TV every week saying, WrestleMania's coming to you this Sunday. Don't forget this Sunday. And a lot of people were like, oh, okay. So it'll be on telly then. And they have to do all these things where it's like, and don't forget, you can watch it on TV. You have to, to look, ring this phone number here, find out where it's been shown in your area, go there, buy a ticket. <laughs> on the, and like it was so confusing. And they were really worried because there were no ticket sales. They were very, very low. And yeah. it looked like it was going to be a complete bust. It wasn't until they did one or two last minute angles with Mr. T and Hulk Hogan, that they got a lot of interest and had a bit of a late ticket surge. Mm. What actually happened was Hulk Hogan appeared on a chat show, and the chat show host, it was Hogan, Mr. T, and the chat show host, and the chat show host was like, wrestling's a bit fake though, isn't it? 
And Hogan's like, oh, is it fake, brother? And he went over and he put him in a headlock and the guy passed out, fell down and uh, cracked his skull on the floor. Fucking hell. And Hogan was like, yeah, I meant to do that, brother. Oh, <laughs> my God. Was the guy okay? Uh, he sued them, as far as I know. He got a big Shit. payoff. He got a big payoff in the end, but... Worth it, though. I'm wow. pretty sure, like... It's something that they didn't touch on here because no one's ever going to admit the reason why we had the viral marketing of the main attractions fucking physically imposing themselves on a snarky chachos. But it was that because it was all over the papers. It was like, oh, these fucking wrestlers did all this shit and Mr. T was a huge star. Mr. T's name is attached to anything. It was that, the notoriety. There you go. You had a lot of people watching WrestleMania. And of course, that's not taking into account all the shit that Piper was doing kicking Cindy Lauper in the face. A lot of good celebrities died to bring you WrestleMania, people, okay? Wow. <laughs> no celebrity is safe. So, fun fact as well, and something I think is very worth bearing in mind, a lot of these earlier WrestleManias are so bad. They are so bad to watch. WrestleMania 1, if you are a new fan and think, oh, I'll just watch Season 1, Episode 1 of WWF, which is WrestleMania 1, surely. No, don't. Is bad. Pacing is weird. The presentation is weird. It's not wrestling as you know it. It's like literally squash matches, jobbers, guys you've never heard of, like random backstage segments. But what they did have though were celebrities. You had Muhammad Ali. You had fucking Liberace. <laughs> yeah, that was so shocking to see Liberace there. Are you happy like that they had some pretty incredible... You had Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol, which, okay, to be fair, I was surprised at first. And I was like, oh, wait, no, of course Andy Warhol loves it. You only need to add a horse into the ring <laughs> and he'd be up there with his camera. All these hot naked men <laughs> touching each other. Danny DeVito as well. Danny DeVito. Young Danny DeVito. I didn't recognise him. He's very hot. Very hot, isn't he? Hot young Danny DeVito. Hot young thing. And Alice Cooper. Who said he wouldn't miss WrestleMania for all the stakes in Brazil? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, even though you had all these quite like laborious, boring matches, the combination of celebrities, and the fact that it was like all these people were going to these theaters, there was a buzz about it. WrestleMania was a massive success. They got huge, huge numbers on the closed circuit, and it put them on the map, really. Wow. Put Hulk Hogan on the national map. And then we get to WrestleMania 2. And what's great is that you get to see the hubris of Vince McMahon. Ah! Put my fucking house up on the line. Nearly became homeless. Let's do the worst idea ever for WrestleMania 2. He's really flying close to the sun here, isn't he? He's inside the sun. <laughs> reading a copy of the sun. That, like, it's fucking on Sunday. That's how close to the sun he is here. So it's a struggle to do this one fucking live show. And for WrestleMania 2, they did three fucking cities. So yeah, I was trying to get my head around this. So they had WrestleMania live at three separate cities in three separate arenas. Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York, which are considered to be like the holy trinity of WBF wrestling or WB wrestling cities. Okay. And then they thought they'd try and broadcast all three arenas live. Yeah alternating between the arena depending on what was going on at the time Mm -hmm. which okay sounds amazing like if you could pull it off that's high concept that's incredible because it gives other wrestlers a chance to kind of unwind lets them kind of go to the arena nearest to them I suppose also, their families you get three gates so yeah. you get three arenas that you are essentially selling out so you'd think lots more ticket sales so the technology didn't exist that's yeah what year was this what like 1985 86 yeah. 
So, yeah, and if you watch it back, even on the network, it's full of technical glitches and errors. Like, they cut over, the mic's cut, they don't work. I bet. That would be so... I mean, like, today, that would be hard to pull off. And, like, Vince as well was, like... He didn't, like, think about certain things, like the fact that they didn't have three commentary teams. They only had, like, one. So he had Vince McMahon and just some randomer from some TV show who had never watched wrestling going, Wow! Look at that! Like, for an, a whole hour of WrestleMania. See, like. they could do that now because they've got enough wrestlers, they've got enough commentary teams that you probably could today. Yeah, they could. And they probably would sell enough tickets as well to they like, make actually, it worthwhile. Yeah. I think the only thing that would stop them from doing that these days is the fact that when you go to WrestleMania now, it's like the city bids for you. Yeah. You get welcomed in. It's like, it's a special thing. Oh, you're in Orlando. Mm. Oh, you're in, you know, where the specific city and you do loads of events to help that local economy. I wonder if they would be less keen to have that divided by three, essentially. You could do it, though, by two and have SmackDown versus Raw. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. And, like, do... Because, I mean, this year, WrestleMania... I mean, we didn't go to WrestleMania this year. There was, like, you know, it was one of those things that we probably didn't think about in, in, in enough time to arrange. But looking at WrestleMania this year, there was, like, 90 events on across... It was so stressful. I know people who were there, they were, like, fucking literally in tears because, like, oh, the show is running over by 10 minutes which means I won't be able to get to the Hall of Fame or I won't be able to get to this show. And oh, it was a, a really, like... Feels like we're reaching critical mass. Yeah, I, I would work because I really want to go see a WrestleMania. It's one of the things I just I want to do. Fucking stressful affair. But yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of like it's a full week of nothing but wrestling. Yeah, like and no like, time. Too many shows. Yeah. Too many things to see and do. Like, and I know I'd get really anxious about missing anything. Cause be like, oh, that one thing I miss would end up being the best thing of all. Because when I went to WrestleMania, we had WrestleMania fan access, Hall of Fame. There was a signing we went to. That was like an independent signing that had all non WWE guys there, and there was uh, two Ring of Honor shows. Wow! So I went to seven shows, and I swear to God, going from the Ring of Honor show to the Hall of Fame, we, there were people were literally like fucking having breakdowns. It was so stressful. Like, yeah. And we were across the road. It's like, hey, we're gonna be five minutes late. I was thinking, trying to do that now. Yeah, because people are talking a lot at the moment about, oh, how can we maybe improve the WrestleMania experience? A lot of chatter is spit it over two days. See, I mean... Yeah. So you get to have, you know, WrestleMania night one, WrestleMania night two, you do Saturday and Sunday night. You get, you know, the fans are going to be there. They're going to happy to go to two, three-hour shows as opposed to one seven-hour show. Yeah. You can put it on the network. It doesn't matter. But if they did that, then they'd have to have another night for TakeOver. Yeah, so it's probably just going to... And then probably another night for Hall of Fame, because that's always on a different night yeah. as well. So that's suddenly four days. It also becomes even, yeah, a little bit longer. But it just might it might be feasible. I'd love to see them try this WrestleMania 2 thing again, though. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting concept. Even if they didn't do it for a WrestleMania, just like SummerSlam or any kind of show would be yeah. really interesting to see. If they Just to see if they could do it. Yeah. Because they most certainly couldn't do it. Because like, they're kind of like here just going, yeah, that didn't work. Oh, well. <laughs> WrestleMania 3. <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. It's WrestleMania 3. Bigger, badder. Better at the Pontiac Silverdome, which is even by modern standards, when you see the shots of WrestleMania 3, that's where we saw Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. We looked at that in our How to Hogan episode, which is viewed to be a very important wrestling match, albeit a very boring one. Yeah. Tell, tell the good people what the attendance was reported here, Joe. 93,000 people. That's a lot of people. Yes. A lot of people. I mean, that's, of course, a lot of people. Is that more people than normal? 
Well, see, this is one of these interesting things. There's been a lot of uh, scuttlebutt about this, particularly over the last year, with certain people trying to make claims and other claims. But WWE, their attendance figure that they always tout, they'll always say, we've got 86,193. You know, they'll pull a really specific number out. Right. Nine times out of ten, depending on who you ask, that number is bullshit. Yeah, I've heard this before, and I've heard people get all upset, and it's like, oh, WrestleMania always lies. Mm. But then I've heard other people say, what do you expect? All sports shows do that. Yeah, that is a thing. That's one thing I think people need to bear that in mind. Not just sports, but like entertainment. Everything from the Super Bowl to the Rolling Stones. See, I didn't know. I knew none of this. But that's really interesting. I think it's... If you're going to kind of, I suppose, criticise them for stretching the figures, you've got to be fair across all entertainment. Dave Meltzer the, from the Wrestling Observer has like dedicated a portion of his life to trying to find out what the actual number is. And it's I imagine like, him locked in this room with red like, twine the red twine, like, the pins and like, wait a minute, that key. <laughs> it's like the number 23 except yeah. it's the number 93,000 yeah. uh, trying to figure it out, you know. <laughs> but the alleged real number is like closer to 70,000. Now, it's very funny because there is a podcast out there at the moment called Something to Wrestle With where one of Vince McMahon's inner circle from this time is spilling his beans uh, about all of these things. But he's very, very defensive about a number of WWE things that have been called as bullshit over the years. One of them is the attendance and he right. stands by these attendance figures like, no, we're not lying. 93,000 people were in attendance. And from what I can gather, it's so confusing because anyone WWE tries to defend this number, they won't give you a straight answer. Yeah. They'll answer a crooked answer and it's very peculiar. But I think their justification is if you take all the people who are there in the, in the arena and all the people who are performing there, all the people who have set up the arena, all the concession oh, stand workers. So technically... Even with that, though, there ain't 20,000 people, you know? Like, there's not one worker between four people here. So, like, I resign myself to not giving a shit. Yeah, I, I kind of, I'd like to know what both sets of numbers are, but I don't really care if it's lying about it. Eh. Every year, even if they don't break the attendance records, they'll oh. find a way oh, yeah. to say it. They'll come out and go, ladies and gentlemen, we have a fantastic announcement to make here tonight. We have set an all-time Entertainment attendance record of 83,152. Like it's a big fucking, and then there's all these asterisks in there, but you know, it's a live sporting event that we've the. It's fucking bullshit. What they should do is, because um, they're able to get the information from the network as to how many people are streaming it live. Yeah. And they should have had that on. That maybe, like largest television audience, but they've done things as well. They've There was years where like, it's the highest pay-per-view audience of all time. They just say it. It's yeah. not like, they. you can't know that as you're watching. Nah. But then they're like, actually no, it's not. What we're saying is it's available potentially in more homes than ever before. Yeah. But that's not necessarily what you think when they say the largest pay-per-view audience in history. I guess, in the end, does it matter? No. Not really, no. Not at all. But people do get worked up about it. They do. I'll tell you what I get worked up about. Seeing all these great shots and still images of Vince McMahon preparing WrestleMania 3 in his plaid shirt, looking like George Lucas. We have a great interview with Jerry Lawler <laughs> saying that Vince Sr. would be rolling in his grave right Yeah. Now. And then only moments later, an interview with Vince McMahon literally crying about how proud his dad would be of him. <laughs> Maybe he wouldn't the, be. The big event of Hogan versus Andre. And Andre would have been like one of the 
the big figures who Vince's dad would have used as one of his big box office straws. And of course, Hogan was Vince Jr. And he's like, I'm thinking about my dad. So emotional. <laughs> I think of your dad <laughs> spinning in his grave. It's ha ha! Woohoo! Like, you know, fucking spinning his grave so fast he's actually undug himself up out of his grave. Like, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, it's Hogan and Andre. I think it's interesting to look at this. It's one of the first, like, big iconic matches that we watched for How to Wrestling. Yeah. Because we did, you know, Cena, then we did Austin, then we did Hogan. Mm. And I always thought it was so funny, like, Hogan and Andre how much you hated shit. that man. <laughs> so shit. How would you describe Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant? Shit. It's slow. <laughs> it's shit. It's shit and slow. Lumbering. But Andre punch, the Giant. Punch kick. No, I don't blame Andre the Giant. He's slammed by Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and that is impressive. But that's that's one thing. Have you seen AJ Styles, mate? Have you seen what he does? <laughs> Have you seen Tyler Bay? He's only 19. It's it's funny how how much of WWE's history, if you strip away the music mm. and the voiceovers of like literally Vince McMahon and like the top names in the business telling you this is the most important moment. Strip it can, all away. You can edit it down and make it look fantastic. Because it looks fantastic here. It's like it's the most epic shit yeah, ever. Yeah. Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Holy Whoa. shit. I mean, I did that with the classical wrestling version where I cut it to some music. It looks pretty epic then. <laughs> but in reality, it's a very slow, lumbering, boring match. Unfortunately. I, I think WWE have the ability to make you think that anything yeah. is amazing and awesome. Look, put... Edit something down, cut it to the beat of a very catchy piece of music, and you've got yourself something that's entertaining to watch. That's how you make anything fun. There was a couple of uh, interviews they had with various other wrestlers who were around at the time as well, I thought was quite funny. Two separate people said that Hulk Hogan was scared to death yeah. about facing Andre the Giant. I thought that was very funny. Not a word out of Hogan about that, though. Well, Hogan has said like himself in other interviews that he was, and his fear about it was... Was that if Andre wanted to, he could have very easily not played ball. Like, if Andre's like, you're not slamming me, then literally there's nothing Hogan could have done about that. Mm. Or Andre's like, ah, no, or I'm gonna, you know, I'm not going to sell your punches, or I'm not going to do shit for you. Part of me always thinks that's just urban legend. I think a lot of wrestlers like the legend of Andre the Giant being this, like, no-nonsense, total badass, and... I think at the end of the day, there's no way Andre the Giant was going to go out, you know, on one of the last big matches of his career and be like, yeah, it's all about me, brother. I think that's very much Hulk Hogan assuming that everyone thinks the same way Hulk Hogan does. This is the kind of thing he would do. Come on now. It's like something the young books would do, not Andre the Giant, like Hogan's going to slam him, he's going to go, ah, point at his dick and (laughs) kick him in the face, like. Suck it. (laughs) Andre the Giant, I'm my t-shirt available now, Marks, and walks off. Slams a child. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alas, not like. Speaking of Andre the Giant, Big Show was interviewed for this, and he uh, it's a little baby Big Show, and he says how inspired he was by Andre the Giant because he was a big giant like he was, and it made him feel normal, and that Aww. is so nice. I love that. Oh, it's cute. Imagine it must be really hard growing up being like a giant, massive. I mean, you're a tall man, yeah. six foot five. Mm-hmm. Did you grow particularly young? I had a growth spurt, like literally, like an overnight thing. Like I woke up one morning in school, and my head like came over the shower thing. That's like, so weird. Like I, I, I didn't shower a lot as a child, so it could have been that happened over a period of you know, <laughs> it's seven, two years. nine days. You know, <laughs> I had a rosa. It's okay, but yeah, I did have a big ass growth spurt. That's something I don't think a lot of people realize. I just assumed that it was 
no knowledge that Kevin is taller than most of your yeah, favorite wrestlers. We've been posting a few pictures of us with wrestlers recently. Everyone's been like, whoa, Kevin's so much taller than every wrestler. Yes, he is. All of them. That's how you know that Tyler Bate and Trent Seven are like wrestlers who are cool with themselves. They're the only wrestlers that a picture taken with who've not tried to make themselves taller. I mean, they're both shorter than me and I'm only like 5'6". So. Are you taller than Trent? <laughs> okay, I'm not taller than Trent. He's uh, like an inch taller than I am. Yeah. But I am taller than Tyler Bate, I think. Well, as my old roommate in school used to say, oh, fuck off, man. You're only bigger because you're taller. But did you used to get, did you feel like singled out or anything? Did you ever feel weird about the fact that you were massive? No, because going to an old boys school where most men are incredibly self-conscious about being small, it's like, ha ha, <laughs> you know, no, no one, no one's going to have a go at you for it because everyone secretly, everyone when they're that age secretly wants to be tall. See, maybe it is, it's like a co-ed thing. I think boys can maybe be a lot more mean when they... They're a lot better at picking out potential otherness when yeah. there are girls around. I mean, they're still good at, do, at doing that anyway in all boys' environment, but I'm pretty sure they just simply did not want to draw attention to the fact that they're quite small. Because Big Show very much was saying it was very hard for him and he really did feel like very different from everyone else. One guy tried to uh, you know, make fun of me for being tall and I picked him up and put him in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you go now you know See, so. I like to think that Andre the Giant inspired Big Show to do the same and I was of course inspired by the Big Show yeah. you know growing up yeah big influence <laughs> on Kevin's life so we cut to Wrestlemania 23 and it's like Wrestlemania 23 which also took place in the Silverdome in, in Detroit so it's kind of they're trying to link the two things together there mm-hmm. it's kind of unsure what it was then Donald Trump's big fat fucking head appeared and Joe said oh this one uh, had a quick chat with the President of the United States of America about Wrestlemania um, yeah they had a little soundbite from Vince who was saying once you get to know him he's the most humble the nicest man Sure, Vince. Yeah, well, sure. I'd say that as well. If, if Trump made you, like, Secretary of Defence, yeah, I'd probably have nice things to say about he's him. He's the most humble, nicest man. Just once you get to know him. Once you get to know him and you hear all the stuff about grabbing pussies, you find that he's lovely. Let's <laughs> get locker room talk on this, all that is. <laughs> WrestleMania 4 and 5, which is what we talked to in our Trump episode, took place at Trump Plaza. So Donald Trump was involved in some of the early WrestleManias. Part of Trump's gamble in New Jersey was to try and bring in some big name events such as WrestleMania. It's so funny, like so many of these early WrestleManias when they cut to and I just went, oh, fuck this one. Oh, fuck this. Oh, not this one. And honestly, if you're just to look at like point WrestleManias, Mm. you'd probably think for a lot of old fans that WrestleMania is this horror fucking awful shit show. Mm. Because so many of them, particularly the early ones, are so bad. Yeah. I got the WrestleMania complete box set on DVD when I was like 18 years old. It was like my gift to me for graduating from secondary school. And I was like, oh my, all of WrestleMania, all of it. Because I'd only ever heard about some of these things in like, you know, video packages. I sat down like, WrestleMania 1, here we go. Ugh. <laughs> and then like WrestleMania 2. I'm not going to bother with 3 or 4 or 5. I'll just watch the one from last year. And <laughs> it happens an awful lot of the time with it. Like so many of these WrestleManias have got like bad taste with them. But it's always got like at least one or two incredible matches in them. Mm. There's like 20 matches in WrestleMania 3. But one of them is so good that people love WrestleMania 3. Is it the main event? No. Huh. It's Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat. Oh, yes. I like when they're talking about uh, WrestleMania 4 and 5 and you've got footage of young Donald Trump who inexplicably looks like old Alan Partridge. Yeah, he does, yeah. Shaking Hulk Hogan's hand. With the, the two of them shaking hands and Trump going, this is so easy. I've never sold more tickets so easily in my entire life. 
obviously he didn't work at his inauguration like but he just he won't go away he's like a shit smear it's just uh, <laughs> he should have he should have brought hogan in for the inauguration like you know hogan could have got My brought in friends. the millions like yeah. you know the pythons would have brought people in there <laughs> They do talk a lot now about Hogan and how important he was. There's a few people who they kind of spotlight in the documentary as being like pivotal and important to WrestleMania. I was surprised, actually, on that note. Mm. They barely mentioned Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah, he doesn't get to mention this yeah. at all. Not, not a breath. They cut to him at one point, and that's like it. He's not viewed in their grand scheme. But that's bullshit. Like, we know. We've just covered Roddy Piper. He was so important. Like, oh, yeah. And they just cut him out. It's, it's funny because like, they will never point to a heel ever and be like, and they're one of the all-time greats or important. It's always a good guy. Because the people they talk about in this who are special for WrestleMania is Hulk Hogan, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, and John Cena, yeah. which are the four biggest baby faces in WWE history, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. And Undertaker gets a look in as well, of course. But I mean, yeah. It's, Even he, though, doesn't get much compared no. to everyone else. And yeah. I think, yeah, as we talked about in our, in our Roddy Piper episode... Yes, we got a lot of people watching WrestleMania because of Hogan knocking people out on fucking TV and Mr. T being there. But honestly, Piper had such an important role. He doesn't get a look in at all here. It's really sad. No. But yeah, they say Hogan was box office. Hogan was ratings. Hogan was kids buying merchandise. He was like the primary source of income for the company. So the first nine WrestleManias, Hogan was there front and center. Even when he wasn't with the company in a big capacity like... Which is kind of shitty. Like yeah. They say at one point, no Hogan, no WrestleMania. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Are you happy we didn't see Hogan at this year's WrestleMania? Yes. There were big rumours. I'm a, so glad he wasn't there. He had a beach shop to open up. He couldn't attend WrestleMania. He does the big towns, brother. He doesn't do Orlando. Yeah. We talked now about a really interesting one. WrestleMania 7. Ooh. We get to hear WWE's version of history and we'll talk about what probably actually happened. WrestleMania 7, which happened to take place around the time of the Gulf War. Which I know nothing about. I didn't even realise that Iraq was involved in the... Sorry, this is going to really show my ignorance, but like my knowledge of war history, basically non-existent. So this whole thing, as because they, they were leading into it with this angle about Sergeant Slaughter and everything, who, again, I know very little about. I was like, this doesn't <laughs> seem so bad. And then, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, kind of escalated quickly there. So... Around this time, you had Saddam Hussein, who was the dictator in Iraq. He invaded Kuwait, and he was using chemical weapons. So, problem was is that there were still troops stationed there. It was still an ongoing conflict. You know, the last time they went to war, there wasn't exactly good memories with that. There was obviously UN peacekeeping stuff that happened. So, just one of those things where... It's not like, yeah, the, we went and we beat the bad guys and it was a simple open and close, sh- mm. shut case. It was one of those things where it dragged up bad memories of war. Not the type of war you want to do a wrestling angle about. Right. So they had Sergeant Slaughter, who was an American hero at the time. He was one of the original G.I. Joe figures. And Sergeant Slaughter turned heel to feud against Hulk Hogan. Sergeant Slaughter became an Iraqi sympathizer. He knew he became an Iraqi sympathizer because he had special pointy Iraqi boots and had men from Iraq with him. Like right. the like the Iron Sheik, who is from Iran, but it's basically the same place, it doesn't matter. Right, of course, yeah. So you had this guy go with his pointy boots wearing his uh, headdress going, I pledge to wrestle only in the good name of Saddam Hussein. And Sergeant Slaughter felt that Americans had too much freedom and that we could all learn a lesson from Saddam Hussein right. and what was going on in Iraq. At one point, they wanted to burn the American flag. 
And this is WWE. What did Sergeant Slaughter feel about all this? Had to be talked into it. Because Sergeant Slaughter was, you know, he wasn't, like, before Hogan, Sergeant Slaughter was, like, the American hero wrestler. Wow. You know, and he was a, he was a G.I. Joe. And that, I, I know I keep saying that. It doesn't um, really mean much to me. I've not seen G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe was basically, like, it was the, the action man of America. It was, like, you know, hold some military action figures. G.I. Joe, yeah, they're, right. they're going to stop the baddies. It was, like meant to be a very positive thing and he was it was a very American thing and very strong pop culture so the fact that Sergeant Slaughter was at G.I. Joe was like a big fucking deal like so he wasn't too wild on it but the idea was that he'd make a lot of money from it it was a big angle he was getting on in years with Sergeant Slaughter his best years were behind him so he agreed to do it they were going to burn the American flag uh, they opted not to in the end because they figured there would have been too much hassle they burnt a Hulkamania t-shirt instead right so Almost sacrilegious. Basically the same thing, yeah. isn't it? How dare you disrespect the Hulk Hogan t-shirt available yeah. now from ShopZone.com. The one that Hulk Hogan rips apart every time you see him anyway. <laughs> Hogan came and ripped an American flag yeah. every time he came <laughs> But the real scary thing about it was that, yeah, he got a lot of death threats and bomb threats. Um, the bit they said here where people were rig- rigging him up saying, you've got to kill you and kill your family and so kill is your this, kids. What, is this Americans doing this? Yeah. What, so, taking the gimmick too far, they didn't realise it was... It was a combination of people who thought it was disrespectful what they were doing, and also there were people who genuinely thought that Sergeant Slaughter was an Iraqi sympathizer who turned his back on America and wanted to destroy America and Hulk Hogan. Okay. So you got a mixture of offended people who have been worked and offended people who just think it's in bad taste. Yeah. Now, their story was that they wanted to be in the LA Coliseum, which is this giant 100,000-seat arena. Fucking huge biggest live audience of all time is what they wanted to go with in the end they went into the LA arena which holds 15,000 people now if you were to look at the week before this show was meant to happen they had sold around 15,000 tickets and they're meant to be in a 100,000 seat arena it's in this convenience that WWE's story is yeah we got bomb threats yeah that is quite convenient like the Super Bowl was going to get cancelled that year because they thought, oh, like, oh, there's going to be bomb threats and shit were being called in, and so the FBI provided security for the Super Bowl. And their story is that oh, the FBI wouldn't provide security for WWF in this big arena, so we couldn't do it. Right. The reality was they hadn't sold enough tickets to fill that arena. Wow. So what a convenient bomb threat! We've been like, man, that is a fucking bomb in there. <laughs> They're like, you know, it, it didn't happen. Like, so it's one of the greasier stories that I think they told is like, oh, you know. Damn these patriots believing our amazing storytelling too much. Yeah, it was shitty. Yeah. I don't like when they use war like that, you know? No, it's kind of tasteless. And it's so great that we got like this real big, like, Hulk Hogan was so important for WrestleMania. And then we follow up with like several instances of Hulk Hogan being a fucking prick. Ruining WrestleMania for everyone. WrestleMania 8, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Nope. <laughs> no, they decided that it was going to be... So it was... It was supposed to be Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Yeah. They were going to be the main event. Mm-hmm. But for reasons, Hulk reasons. Hogan, uh, it ended up being both Ric Flair versus Macho Man Randy Savage, but also Hulk Hogan versus Psycho Sid. But that one went on last. So yeah. that's the main event. We've had this quite recently. <laughs> well, Mick Foley uh, was just basically telling us, yeah. whatever the main event is, is what you want. You it's know? whatever you want it to be. And that's the same with this. But also Hulk Hogan went on last. Yeah. So which is the main event? You decide. Well, one is for the WWE Championship, mm. and you know, and the other one is just Hulk Hogan beating up a big guy, and Hulk Hogan loves to beat big guys. And that one went on last. And that one went on last. Mm. It ended in a DQ. For fuck's 
That's how WrestleMania 8 ended with Hulk Hogan winning a match by disqualification. You know what's so weird about all this? Like, you're really seeing a trend of Hulk Hogan just doing whatever he wanted to. It was being catered to, I think, yeah. Yeah. But then he went on to go to WCW where he was given, like, full creative control. Mm -hmm. You'd think at that point they'd have been like, ooh, Hulk Hogan always wants to get his way. Let's not let that go too far. Keep an eye on that one. (laughs) No, no, no. Let's just let him do whatever he wants because he's definitely made good decisions in the past. Clearly Eric Bischoff and whoever was running WCW at the time with them looked at WrestleMania 8, which WWE on their own documentary called The Glorious Story of WrestleMania called A So-So WrestleMania. (laughs) And we're like, yeah, let's give this guy full creative control. He obviously knows what he's doing. I mean, there's a number of reasons for it. It's not going to be a case of Hogan going, nah, I don't think so. It was a case of two super big names in wrestling, Hogan and Flair, and WWE thinking that it would be the biggest match under the sun. And they did some trial runs of it, and they, in their own estimation, they didn't think that it worked. Wow. They thought that it wasn't over with the fans, people didn't buy it as a dream match. And Vince, I think at the time, genuinely, I don't think he thought that Ric Flair, who was the other company, basically, I don't think he thought that he was on the level of, of Hulk Hogan. But it's, it's an interesting one. It's one that we'll definitely look at in more detail at a point down the line. But you are seeing a trend here. WrestleMania 9, for instance, which had the main event of Bret Hart versus Yokozuna. Hulk Hogan had been gone all year filming Thunder in Paradise, but he still found time to appear after the main event, after Yokozuna beat Bret Hart for the championship, and just win it off him. Yeah. He didn't even cash in money in the bank. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Also, why has Hulk Hogan got a gross eye during this bit? It's great. Now, the real story of it is not really cool, but there was a rumour for years. The rumour was that he pissed off Macho Man Randy Savage and he gave him a right hand backstage and gave Hogan a big, dirty black eye. Mm. He was in a parasailing accident or windsurfing or some shit and he got a black eye. Oh. So, less cool. Mm. It wasn't someone beating up Hulk Hogan. It was water sports beating up Hulk Hogan. Yawn. But I did like WrestleMania 9. They had all this great behind-the-scenes footage of Vince McMahon putting shit together. Like That was really awesome, seeing young Vince. Young Linda as well. Young Linda, who looks exactly the same as now. Mm. She's not aged and yet also has aged. Yeah, it's really, really strange. She looked old young. Somewhere upstairs in the mansion in Connecticut, uh, there is like a hideous portrait of Linda McMahon. That's got loads of votes yeah. <laughs> and has been elected. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I, I don't want to go on about Hogan being a prick nonstop because there's obviously more to all these WrestleManias. Sorry, but... it's kind of Hulk Hogan's fault though, isn't it? Well, like, imagine, you know how much people like hate John Cena or Roman Reigns? Yeah, and times. yet, Hulk Hogan, genuine shoot dick, ruins everything. The, the, the rumbling was, was that Hogan literally was there backstage going, people aren't buying this, you need to send me out, you need to send the crowd home happy, they're not going to buy a heel like Yokozuna and because Wrestlemania always ended with a good guy winning really and this, one, this would have been the first Wrestlemania with the baddie winning oh, and Hogan was like oh people won't like it and oh we'll do Hogan and Brett down the line they never did Hogan and Brett down the line because as soon as Hogan wins his belt he went back off to do more uh, TV and movies what and shit dick. total dick he actually showed up with that belt that he won there. He went over to New Japan to wrestle the match or two and said the belt was a stupid toy and not worth shit and he wanted to wrestle for the New Japan belt that was the real world title brother. What a fucking asshole! Wasn't there a case of a female wrestler, I forget who it was. Who, Medusa, who yeah, binned the belt. Who put yeah. the belt in the bin and she was like blacklisted yeah, yeah. for her whole career. What the hell? She wasn't Hulk Hogan, I guess. 
Wow, double standards. Hulk well, Hogan just does whatever. Yeah, well, she did go on to have a very successful career as a monster truck driver, so we can't really oh, you know, cool. <laughs> hold off there. At WrestleMania 10, they were really looking back at the importance of having WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden, which is like the place where the first WrestleMania was, where WrestleMania 10 was, where WrestleMania 20 was. I think they liked the idea of, like, here, like, and maybe WrestleMania 30 will be there. Was it there? No, it was in New Orleans. Oh. And they will probably never will do a WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden ever again. Why? Because it's too small for them. Oh, well, that's something to be proud of. I guess. You've outgrown the biggest arena in the world, in their own words. So, wow. bit weird, yeah. It is kind of sad because there is a lot of history in there. They don't really do shows in Madison Square Garden as much anymore. They'll do like a house show there or a live event, but not really much else. Mm. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a case we'll see another WrestleMania there. We get very adorable footage from very early prototypical fan access there was a lot of footage of like you know wrestlers you know getting to take pictures with them all yeah. these people in the 80s going this is the best thing ever I had a fucking blast when I went to fan access like was like eight years ago or whatever mm. I got to commentate a match with uh, Joey Styles on the, on the headset did you have to queue up for ages to do that no I was actually really lucky that there wasn't a queue we were like the first people there was like one guy ahead of us and then me and my buddy got to go in and, and just and do our ones with, with Joey Styles I'd be shit at that yeah I was shit at it as well like but having listened to watching, we have some Chikara matches of the day with Joey Styles commentating turns out most people are shit at commentating with Joey Styles including himself at times so I didn't feel so bad about it Aww. but the boy Worst thing about it is I didn't even get my. You went to get a DVD with your. Uh, yeah. With your with your match on it, and I commentated over Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels with uh, with Joey Styles. So I'm confused. How does this? Is it a live match that you? No, doing? it's just like a, a match from the archives, edited oh. down to like five minutes, and you had the headsets on and they, they did it with you. But I didn't get my one. I got a wrong one. So I went home and was like, "Oh, guys, come and check it out." Like what? Oh, I got to call a match with Joey Styles. It was really fun. I put it in. It's like, hi, Grand Apple fans. It's me, Michael Cole. With, yeah, yeah, man. Fucking yeah. Michael Cole, man. Yeah. And literally, it was five minutes of a guy with Michael Cole just going, Oh, my God. And Michael Cole, like, sign that lock take over there. So, if you went to WrestleMania 25 eight years ago, and you had a rip-roaring good time with Michael Cole, almost to the point of ecstasy... And you got a nervous Irishman talking over Joey Styles. I've got your DVD. <laughs> Did you have to pay for it? Uh, no, it was free. It was oh, part of the ticket. Okay. It was pretty cool. Yeah. There were some less cool things. Like they had a graveyard for all of Undertaker's WrestleMania victims. Yeah. Including the ones cool. that had died. Oh, that's awkward. So I got to stand behind the big boss man's grave. It's like he's been dead for like four years. This is really upsetting. Like. Oh. So yeah, bit tasteless there. I hope they don't do that again. Interesting concept. Interesting concept was Vince McMahon talking about access saying, I love it. There are so many ways to touch the brand. Yeah. Touching the brand. Is your brand touchable? Yeah. If you're a modern, in the modern media world, ask yourself that question. Can you touch the brand? Yeah. Can you touch Haiti Wrestling? Yeah. Can Can you touch this? Yeah, you can touch this. <laughs> it's a touchable brand. It's very touchable. Many ways to I'd touch I'd say the brand. it's huggable. Speaking of tactile, you can actually get um, Haiti Wrestling t-shirts, hoodies, all that good stuff from whatamaneuver.net. Check us out. Hey, I love the pink ones. They are the best. Touch the brand. That should be our new t-shirt. How to wrestling. Touch, touch the, the brand. brand. Hashtag touch the brand. Yeah. TTB. <laughs> <laughs> so we started looking now at some of the uh, WrestleManias, which they showed you very few shots of the actual arenas and crowds. The reality is that WrestleMania 11, 12, 13, 
you can refer to those as basically being like the Dark Ages in terms of crowd size and appeal. They were really, really like small. Even WrestleMania 11, which brought in and former NFL player Lawrence Taylor to fight Bam Bam Bigelow, struggled to get people in the arena. Because we talked obviously about you know, celebrities, and celebrities are very, very important. Mm. But I guess a different offshoot of that, and we saw a little bit of here with, with LT versus Bam Bam, bringing in a non-wrestler to wrestle not just a match, but a high-profile match. Mm. That's an interesting one. My gut reaction would be no, it's not something I'd really want to see. But I think it, uh, yeah, not in a main spot. I just just think it's unnecessary when you've got wrestlers who, I mean, they've trained for years and years and years and years at wrestling Mm. to do that. I think, yeah, if you put them in the marquee or the main event, it's a bit insulting. Like, yeah. Stephen Amell, you yeah, fucking that's, that's exactly tag what... up at Neville and fight Cody Rhodes and exactly. Cosmic King Wade Barrett all day long. I like that, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. And he was great as well. Like, he's clearly a wrestling fan, clearly had some tra- like basic training to like get a couple of moves yeah, across. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. He came across like a star and he made all the other wrestlers look great as well. But as a main event, Mm. I think you actually do need to be a good wrestler to do that. I saw someone on Twitter had done a thing where they uh, put like all the closing shots of all the WrestleManias from like the last 33. And like the one for WrestleMania 11 is just like, here's this random football player being held up by all these other football players. It's like Vince McMahon going, yeah, wrestling's so unpopular at the moment that I'm not even comfortable ending the show with my wrestlers. I want some football players in there. The difficulty as well is once you bring in a celebrity for something as important like a main event, it suddenly does become a lot about them mm. and less about the wrestling and yeah. less about the company or the show. Yeah, yeah. Long term though, I think you've got to be careful because it can very easily then just become about the celebrity rather than what you want it to be about, which mm. is either the wrestler's the show or the brand yeah yeah like looking back on this it is it sticks out like a sore thumb having a football player it's, it's, suddenly then it becomes all about them and that sport rather than and what it should be a retired football player as well that's what yeah. kind of makes you a bit shit it's like or retired football player is better than or fucking actual full-time wrestler in the prime of his career that's kind of weird i mean they did that at wrestlemania 24 again where they brought in a big outside name to put in a big high profile match when the big show of all people uh, faced Floyd Money Mayweather, who I didn't know before, uh, but I only know now because of wrestling, is like one of the like the highest paid, most successful um, boxers of all time. I think shit, the moment he's trying to arrange to do a dream fight against Conor McGregor from the UFC, like so Jesus. big, big names. But they brought him in, but he was someone who was at the height of his notoriety. So that really worked because it actually got a lot of eyes on the products that maybe wouldn't necessarily have been there. Mm. What also happened though was that once the word got out about Floyd Mayweather being paid a few million to do this like ten minute wrestling match where he took no bumps. A lot of people got a bit sour on that. Like, I think you've got to think as well about the overarching story you're telling with these matches. Mm. This is the really good thing about wrestling is that it kind of, it does have this like narrative of wrestlers, you know, they have their whole story, they come in, they face opponents, blah, 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 and then eventually they retire. Mm. But new guys come in, they face old yeah, opponents. Yeah, yeah. There is this kind of like circular thing that just goes round and round. It's, it's nice and complete and it tells a really easy story. And I think sometimes celebrities can 
digress from that. That's true, because other than the time where Floyd Mayweather guest-hosted Raw and scowled at the big show, that kind of story didn't really ever have yeah, any more legs to it. It's like, it's a one-night thing. Yeah, really, yeah, you can't see Mr. T, for example, and, like, reignite his long No, because Roddy wouldn't let him, like, no. <laughs> throw a stool at him. Like, Mr. T tried to come back. Roddy just kept throwing bigger bits of furniture at him. Like, <laughs> But even then, it would seem weird, because, like, either that celebrity has then gone on to do different things, or they're no longer that big of a celebrity <laughs> anymore. Back to in which case, that's weird. <laughs> Like, it just doesn't work. Yeah, it does kind of disrupt the kind of the flow almost. Whereas bringing in, like, old wrestlers... I I really like now when retired wrestlers come back to make, like, a one-off appearance and stuff because it it does, it makes sense and you can keep coming back to it. Unless they're Goldberg, of course, that is for you, yeah. Well, unless it's Goldberg (laughs) because I hate Goldberg and his stupid son. WrestleMania 13 is a really interesting one to look at. Again, it featured a match that we looked at in depth uh, before, which was Brett and Stone Cold Steve Austin from... How to Steve Austin we're looking at the rise of the rattlesnake but that match was really important because you can see like those last few WrestleManias how kind of cartoony and shitty and lame it was whereas here you had blood it was gritty they had a phrase that they used uh, one of the talking heads talked about how it was everything that an old fan would want because it was old school wrestling story being told about you know the hot brash newcomer and the old veteran who doesn't want him to take his spot and it was everything that new bloodthirsty fans wanted because you had chair shots and hardcore brawling and blood everywhere. Steve Austin covered in blood. That's just a great image, isn't it? It's iconic. Yeah. It is. It really is. is. One of those like iconic moments in wrestling, of which there are quite a few. Yeah, and Austin, they're talking here really, the story with Austin was that Hogan helped them you know, arrive, you know, build WrestleMania. But Austin certainly took it out of the gutter and made it something that was kind of culturally relevant again. And this is kind of the start of the Attitude Era at this point, isn't it? This is like one of the first WrestleManias of that time. I mean, depending on who you ask, if you ask me, because we started our podcast on it, WrestleMania 14 is the start of the Attitude Era, but there was definitely a lot of it coming from years previous. WrestleMania 14 had Austin winning his championship and again, more celebrity involvement. It was Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson is probably one of the most important celebrities they've ever brought in for WrestleMania of all time. How so? In January of 1998, which would have been two months before this WrestleMania, they were actually considering to cancel Raw's war. Like, Monday Night Raw was going to get cancelled because the ratings were shitty. No one was watching it as much. And the advertisers weren't paying as much money, so they were going to cancel it. So Vince McMahon literally put his hands into his extra deep long pockets... And pulled out all the coins from behind the sofa. Remortgaged his house. He paid a fucking crazy amount of money for Mike Tyson. How much? I don't know the exact figure. But all I know is that Mike Tyson was going backwards and forwards between WWF and WCW. And WCW had unlimited money from Turner, who was their kind of parent company. They, they outbid WWF for everything and Vince still got Mike Tyson. Jesus. It's kind of crazy considering that he's, he wasn't a boxer at that point in time. If you're someone who wants to maybe get into certain periods of wrestling and the Attitude Era particularly, you might think logically the best place to start in the Attitude Era will be to go to the WrestleManias. Those are the big shows. Those will be the big storylines. Honestly, WrestleMania and Attitude Era, they don't mix. Really? Uh, Yeah, with the exception of one, which was WrestleMania 17, which marks the end of the Attitude Era. Every other one, WrestleMania 14, 15, WrestleMania 2000. Like, as a WrestleMania... They are a bit weird. They're not really awesome at right. all. 
particularly WrestleMania 15, and other than getting, you know, Rock and Austin at some of these ones, and of course then bringing in like things like the ladder matches and stuff, you don't really have a lot to hang your hat on. Just going through the uh, the numbers of WrestleMania then. Mm-hmm. So WrestleMania 2000 is WrestleMania 20. No, WrestleMania 2000 is WrestleMania 16. <laughs> so confusing. This is fucking Star Wars Episode 4, which is the first one all over again. So it does go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 2000, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. No number. 30, WrestleMania, WrestleMania, WrestleMania 33. Yeah. WrestleMania 34. We're assuming. We're assuming. And also. Logical. I kind of hope I'm going to start using emoji. Yeah. You know, instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WrestleMania shrugging man. Yeah. (laughs) Great. WrestleMania eggplant. WrestleMania whale. The whale would make the best WrestleMania title, I think. WrestleMania Wacky Octopus. Like, that's just yeah. okay, what I want to see. WrestleMania Taco. <laughs> Edge talks a little bit about with those ladder matches and stuff. He said that they set the bar too high. And uh, no more so as evidence than I think WrestleMania 17, where we had the tables, ladders, and chairs match that just is so ridiculous. I, I will say, if you've never watched a full WrestleMania start to finish, and you want to watch one and get a sense of why is this show important. Like, what types of things do we see happen at WrestleMania? It's got to be WrestleMania 17. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Not WrestleMania 33? No, honestly. My fave. WrestleMania 17 is my favorite WrestleMania of all time. So it's what my, happened there? A lot of big storylines came to an end. A lot of new storylines started. It was very much one of the only times in wrestling history where there was kind of like a, oh, now that's over. And now on to the next, what's the future going to be like? Because WCW and ECW both went out of business in the weeks and months just prior to WrestleMania 17. So, you know, WrestleMania 2000, you had three major national companies. At WrestleMania 17, you've got one. And that one has bought one of the other ones. So it was a real, like, what the fuck's going to happen in wrestling now type of thing. You had big, awesome matches like Rock and Austin, TLC, Undertaker, and Triple H. It has a great flow in that you have... You know, the, the the faster, shorter matches at the start. You've got the big brawls towards the end. They have a gimmick battle royal in it, which is one of my favorite things they've ever done in wrestling, which is all the weird and wacky-ass gimmicks from the 80s and 90s, all the crazy shit like mm. wrestling hockey players and bin men and all this stupid shit all in this ring as a kind of a funny, great, look how weird and wacky wrestling is. So it has this perfect ebb and flow. As a wrestling show, mm. it's got like it's one of the easiest ones to watch. Because huh. you've got like your crash bang wallop and you've also got some really like there's moments in that that I come close to welling I I know I do. I well up. I well up every time I see Vince McMahon's wife kick him in the nuts. <laughs> I get oh So WrestleMania seventeen, we may even do a standalone episode on at some point. Wow. Just to be like, I think this is the perfect wrestling show and I'll nudge it forward there and then we'll take it apart like what if I hate it I then I don't know <laughs> <laughs> what if I see Linda kicking Vince and I laugh I mean I would expect you to laugh it's 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 a joyous moment oh, you know? okay. I've always described WrestleMania 17 is pretty much being like have you ever seen Star Wars episode one yeah yeah the, the, the good one the really great Star Wars episode one the Phantom Menace you know at the end of that where the guy Boss Nass, the big frogman, they're having a big parade and he picks up this like orb of light and goes, and everyone goes, yeah! 
That's what WrestleMania 17 feels like. Okay. <laughs> it's just a pure, joyous, like, Vince McMahon, I've bought all of wrestling! Yay! <laughs> Great, like so. I would highest recommendation for that. There was a post Attitude Era slump. Eighteen and nineteen were WrestleManias that were kind of known, particularly as well. Nineteen for having alarmingly low buy rates. They took a big dip down. Like fewer people were buying them than previously. And uh, it was after WrestleMania twenty two where Vince McMahon made the decree that WrestleManias were only going to take place in outdoor stadiums as opposed to arenas. WrestleMania 21, 22 took place in small arenas. Mm. I've always wondered, you've only seen WrestleManias in big stadiums. The only ones I've seen since watching wrestling like, as yeah. a, you know, live, yeah. So, I mean, what do you think? Because they had a big chat with some of the performers and some of the fans and stuff about, like, what the pros and cons are of having your show in a stadium as opposed to an arena. Arena all the way assuming that arena is the one that's inside yes I know it's confusing a stadium and arena sounds like interchangeable words <laughs> same like thing. dad and father but I don't no know. they've got very film and movie no, <laughs> no. one or the other so yeah arenas I think are my favourite and the reason for that is the same as a reason of a lot of wrestlers gave when asked which they preferred mm. which is the sound so when you're in an arena because it's enclosed mm-hmm. the sound is obviously the acoustics are much louder because they stay inside, sound rises and it. Yeah, the sound bounces off yeah. the ceiling and comes back down into the arena. So everything sounds sense. louder, mm. which I think is a good thing because it makes the crowd sound like more into it. And when you're at home, you kind of you rely a bit on that. Yeah, I think loud crowds is something I always need to have. Yeah. In like in wrestling, yeah. Um, and another reason I prefer the arenas is because you haven't got the issue of when you start at like seven o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, the mm. being bright outside. See, some people like that. I think I was trying to add that he likes the you know the sun setting and stuff like that. As wrestlers coming out, and the sun is setting. You know, it's like you're getting to the more serious matches. The sun is going down and stuff. I mean, yeah, to an extent, some matches. Yeah, I, I kind of get that. Mm. But but for the whole show to because some of them have been like I remember a couple of years back where Bray Wyatt. Oh God, entrance. he came out in the middle of the day. That's <laughs> bad planning. You've got to think about your wrestlers, who they are, what their entrances kind of rely on. Anything with fireworks or lights mm. needs to be done in the dark. Yeah, that's, that's just true. the way of things. Like Naomi's entrance, if it had been done in the middle of the fucking day, would be shit. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's arguments to be made for both. I certainly think one of the most I think annoying things about it being in that stadium is the fact that the crowds don't become united as one, if you know what I mean. Right. Like, you will have pockets of people over here chanting this one thing, pockets over there chanting something else. Like, at the last couple of WrestleManias, when you've had, like, over 80,000 people Mm. spread out, no one's going to really know what's going on. And... I remember when I was at WrestleMania uh, 25 and they had, you know, Michaels versus The Undertaker, one half of the arena, we were f- chanting for Shawn Michaels and the other half was Undertaker and then, like the whole night it never stopped. At one point, pockets over there would be dual chanting, over here, dual chanting, but you didn't actually get to hear that yeah. because it was in this giant ass room. I'm sure some people really like that fact. Like people who find chants really annoying mm. would probably prefer that. Yeah, it'd probably be hard to get a Tyler Tyler Bass chant going, you know. Tyler, no, that would never work. Infuriating in the American fans. Like. So, another thing I've wondered about indoor versus outdoor uh, stadiums versus arenas is the, the view. Because I know a lot of fans this year couldn't see anything because they were one, so far away, and two, smack mm. behind a big pillar. It's funny, that's happened like in so many WrestleManias does that happen in the indoor ones as much would you say no no because the indoor ones don't have the problem 
of having to deal with rigging and the lights above the actual wrestling ring. Right. So if you're in an indoor building, you can use the rigging on the top of the ceiling to put down... I mean, WWE have always this ridiculous, like, massive constructs with all these lights and all this stuff, and the screens and all that. You can't just hang it from thin air. So what they do instead is they'll put up, like, kind of four pillars mm. and then, like, dangle the, the things from inside of that... But the problem is those four pillars have to be so big to support it that you end up with people with obscured view. Yeah. What's annoying about that is that anytime you buy tickets to you know 99% of shows, you know if you go to the theatre to, to, to take in a show, you'll be told if you've got an obscured view or not. And if you're someone who's spending a couple of grand to go on your yearly holiday and go to WrestleMania and you're sat in front of a giant pole the whole time, I do think they owe it to you to at least... Tell you either beforehand yeah. or make it so the people who are in those seats have got a kick-ass screen right there and it's made up to them in some way, shape or form. Because that's the other thing. If you're in front of a pole, that probably means you're diagonal to the ring, which means you're not going to get to see a screen yeah. either. Because yeah, you're going to have the turnbuckle in the way yeah. as well. So, I mean, it could be worse. There's people at WrestleMania 24 who are complaining about, you know, obscured view. But that same year, there was a massive mishap with, like, fireworks catching fire to part of the banners and, like, falling down on people and stuff. There's oh, my been... God. Yeah, this year as well, Taker's Pyro set fire to the stage as well. Like, there's been a few instances of, like, pyro mishaps and stuff. Jeez. No one's been seriously hurt. But, yeah, I think... Particularly this year's WrestleMania, which they spent $5 million on that set. Wow. It's the most they've ever spent. There is kind of now this idea that it's like, I think that they care more about an awesome looking set mm. than the, what, 20 or 40 fans who are going to see. They can send them a free t-shirt or whatever and they'll probably, because they've gotten away with it in the past. People kick up a fuss, WWE give them something nice, they go, oh, that's okay, I got tickets to Raw or free t-shirt or whatever. No one's really taken them to task on it yet, so they're going to keep doing it, I think. That's a real shame. As long as they want to have sets that resemble more on Mountain from Space Jam, people are going to get <laughs> obscured views. There was something that they said here on this point, which came from Chris Jericho. Everyone deserves to be on the show. And he talked about the, the battle royales and the tag matches, and he you know, cited money in the bank as a you know something which was positive because he got a lot of people on the show. Do you think everyone should get on the show? Not everyone, everyone. But I agree that like it's a chance to see as many of your favourites as you possibly can. I think there's a limit, though. Yeah. Like, you don't have to have everyone. I mean, were there people who were wrestling at this year's WrestleMania, for instance, who would have said, ah, fuck that, and taken them off? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, whoever I say I'd want to take off, I'm sure there are loads of people who would be like, no, they're my favourite wrestler, I'm really glad they were there, so... It is again, it. yeah, and it's one of those things I think that doing that multiple nights... That becomes less of an issue. Yeah. Because this year, I just it really shocked me that you couldn't find something for like Braun Strowman, for instance, who you know all throughout early 2017 and late 2016 was being put over this big massive superstar, and then we get to the big show of the year, and you can't find anything for him to do other than be part of the big battle royale with everyone else. Yeah. That kind of feels like a bit weird to me that. Almost those battle royales are like an excuse. Like it's kind of, oh, we don't have to book anything because you can just end up in the battle royale. And that's mind. a shame. But I also would rather that than have loads of unnecessary. Because you, you could argue that like, oh, but then if you give Braun Strowman a big show, you need to give so-and-so a big, yeah, big match. True. And then suddenly the se seven-hour WrestleMania, which seemed to have quite good pacing, is really dragging on. It's actually something that they struggled with a lot in, in recent years and in the past is the timing of shows. There were a number of occasions of matches that were advertised as being on the main show, then getting bumped. Daniel Bryan, it happened to him. Him and Sheamus were meant to wrestle 
for the United States Championship at like WrestleMania 27. They got bumped onto the pre-show. And then their match didn't happen. Their match just turned into a battle royal. They wrestled for two minutes. And then their manager came in and says, I'm going to make it a battle royale. And everyone just came out. Wow. So Sheamus and Daniel Bryan not only were put in the battle royale, they were made to pretend to wrestle for like a minute. And then it's like, actually, it's a battle royale. Everyone get out of here. Everyone in the pool. One year, the Bella Twins were meant to have a match. It was like the Bella Twins, Cody Rhodes and Damian Sandow against two guys and two girls and they were literally right stood by the entranceway we're going to get out there you know and then they were told matches cut guys sorry can't do it yeah and that's on the night of wrestlemania you're about to go out and it was like their first wrestlemania match imagine telling like all your family and friends like oh what was your wrestlemania tonight you might see me yeah that, seriously then, that's the no. best episode of total divas ever where the bell no. twins are literally like all right we're so psyched for wrestlemania no you're not wait that was actually on total yeah divas? some wow. people accused actually it was like that oh it was all just an angle for total divas it didn't actually happen but if so the bellas are very good at acting like they're more pissed off at anything than they ever have been in their entire <laughs> lives something i talked about is about john cena is now in that hulk hogan steve austin Shawn Michaels type spot in that he's got the big match at Wrestlemania mm. would you agree with that John Cena's like the big broad shoulders that the whole company is on the back of big match John big yeah. match John I mean although he because for, for me he's not actually been the main event for many of the Wrestlemania's I've watched yeah it's funny since you started watching it's John Cena yeah. become like let's help the, the younger guy I mean, I and don't, beat him <laughs> I don't expect him to have a, like, a big main event match or anything like that but like just him to be there mm. is I think quite a comforting part of the Wrestlemania experience like, and I think he is he's like he's a big part of WWE you know he's, he's the face yeah. of the company I, I think if Cena's not there at Wrestlemania like it, it's going to be like Hogan back in the day because yeah. I remember like last year Cena wasn't on WrestleMania but he showed up during the segment with The Rock and Bray Wyatt as much as I hated that segment there was like a oh John's here it's alright everyone yeah. put the kettle on John's here like it's okay do you think Roman Reigns will ever be no that oh I don't know maybe he will I'm sure if I was watching <laughs> wrestling back in 2002 or whatever and you'd ask me if John Cena would be the big main event guy I would have said no but out of anyone, it's more likely to be AJ Styles. Yeah, because he's going to put on such an awesome match. Like, Yeah. Know. I mean, he, for me, is is like main event guy. Mm. But he's not got the face of the company in the way that John Cena just is so naturally good at that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, another person as well, and I think this is what's quite interesting, is that oftentimes you'll be watching WrestleMania and it's like, this is a big WrestleMania moment. This is something that's going to be in video packages for years. I'll never forget watching WrestleMania 30 with Billy and Adam and we saw The Undertaker's streak come to an end and like literally all, like all three of us just like stood up at once like emotionless faces like what has happened? Something that is like part of wrestling forever has stopped. This is a huge moment. <laughs> Undertaker's streak, he was undefeated at WrestleMania since he debuted. So he yeah. had like 21 undefeated matches, finally lost them to Brock Lesnar. Now this year... He wrestled Roman Reigns in what is likely Undertaker's last match. Did you feel at the time when you were watching that 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 was like, oh my god, I'm part of a big historic wrestling moment? Not while the match was, it didn't feel, the match itself didn't feel like it was a big 
WrestleMania moment. Mm. Like not compared to like John Cena proposing to Nikki Bella. That's a yeah. That's a big WrestleMania moment. That's one you're going to be seeing yeah. for years to come. It, how, imagine how bad the Undertaker must feel knowing that his retirement is always going to come second in that WrestleMania to John Cena proposing to Ooh. Nikki Bella. I mean, it's true though. For you? Do you think for all fans? I think for most fans. Really. We think about how much people hate Roman Reigns winning that. <laughs> like, fans are just so bitter about it, they're going to just erase it from their minds. I think what's so interesting about it, though, is that when I watch that Undertaker, Roman Reigns, you know, Undertaker loses, you end with the shot of the hat and the gloves, and it's like this iconic shot. I remember sitting there thinking, you know, I was like, I can't, I don't believe this, surely this isn't it. No. But you know what? Give it a year. And the Undertaker's gone. Mm. And they'll show that footage. Then it will feel. With a music video. And people going, and he gave everything to this. I I don't know, the goosebumps will be there. It's the same thing when Lesnar beat Undertaker. It was this weird, chilling moment. Mm. We all were just like, this just doesn't feel right. But that at least made sense because it was Brock Lesnar. Yeah. (laughs) And he's such a monster. And he had Paul Heyman the whole way being Mm. like, he can make any angle seem epic. like a big moment, I think if Paul Heyman had been there for this Undertaker retirement, (laughs) it would have felt quite epic. Yeah, I I think it's just more to the point that, like with Hogan and Andre... Yeah, it can be made If WWE want to make something to be a moment... They can do it. And they can easily do it, because no one's going to call them to task on it. And you know what? Next year, they'll be talking like Roman Reigns and The Undertaker fucking falling around the ring post-hip surgery was the most epic shit ever, and I'll probably be there going, yeah, the big dog. Ooh, fucking raw, you know? (laughs) I'll buy that shit. WrestleMania in recent years has been interesting how they've done it. It has... Up until, you know, this year we talked a little bit about Goldberg, but in a lot of the recent years it was all about bringing someone back. A couple of years it was, let's bring back The Rock, and they got a huge jump in their buy rates. The Rock returning to wrestle was like their highest rated WrestleMania of all time in terms of pay-per-view buys. Mm. Then they brought back Batista one year, and then Brock Lesnar comes back, and you said you like seeing these part-timers come back, and this year it felt like, you know, the plan wasn't originally for for Goldberg to be there, he ended up being there at WrestleMania. Do you want to see more of these kind of part-timers coming back? It's been very interesting to me doing this podcast. Like, I like it from that respect because it's not like they're coming in, I don't know who they are and I never will. Mm. They come in and it means we get to talk about them. I get to <laughs> learn more about a bit of wrestling I didn't know about previously. Mm. So even though, obviously, I've made so many comments about how much I hate Goldberg, it was kind of cool to see him come back and yeah. see how he has changed. I mean, we're going to be doing How To Goldberg really soon. Mm. But I think it will be interesting kind of comparing him now yeah, to, to back then. Back then. And I think it's like the Hardys coming back this year. Yeah, that gets you true. That was a big And I know nothing about fun. the Hardys, really. I mean, I've seen the delete thing. <laughs> the, the one that everyone likes. <laughs> the one. That one video. But like, you know, I don't know anything about them outside of that. But it was still really cool to see them come in and get this big spot and all the old fans being like, holy shit, it's them. Ah." Can you as a new fan live vicariously through a nostalgic old fan then, you think? Yeah, with certain wrestlers, yes. Like like the Hardys who are still so beloved in wrestling fans' minds, definitely. I I think still things like the NWO, if they came back, that would be weird. Because I, mean, I guess you're probably only going to be excited if it's someone who's actually going to be able to, to wrestle, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, like, if they actually wrestle, if it's someone who is, you know, cool. No, no, the only thing they're wrestling is personal demons. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> 
So, WrestleMania. They claim that someday they might do it on the moon. But it's very interesting to see the evolution, even from when I went to WrestleMania a couple of years ago, to what it is now. It is this behemoth. The wrestling world is right there wherever WrestleMania is. WWE have managed to make this event that brings every other promotion under the sun, big and small alike, or drawn like moth to flame wherever WrestleMania is for that week. I personally think the future is going to be a multi-day event. I think that's where it's going to go. Yeah, it'll be like a big holiday extravaganza. Particularly if WWE are going to be doing things like buying up promotions in the UK or having stakes in the UK and Mexico and Japan and stuff like that. For me, I'll be the first one to admit that I can never objectively look at a WrestleMania, you know? It's because, for me, it's just, it's nostalgia and it's childhood and it's something that has been consistent in my life for forever. Every time I'm staying up to watch WrestleMania, I mean, this year, we were staying up to watch WrestleMania as Joe was recovering from really severe wisdom teeth extraction. Surgery. Surgery, I should say. And I mean, like, in total pain and agony, you know, no sleep for a few days. And I still, when that WrestleMania package started, I was, you know, 12 years old again, you know, sneaking down to watch it in the TV <laughs> room. I get that kind of nostalgic buzz. So for me, WrestleMania, all you have to have is a deep voice man going, WrestleMania. And I'm like, oh, yes. But for you as a new fan, is it all hype or is there something a little magical about it? And we're saying this now in WrestleMania hangover season. So, I mean, you know. I think I have a bit of a healthier view of WrestleMania than a lot of older fans like yourself because mm. I haven't got any of that nostalgia. And most of the WrestleManias I've seen were a bit dull. Mm. Obviously, I loved this year, WrestleMania 33. But I think on the whole, no, I, I go into WrestleMania kind of expecting not the worst, but mediocrity. Wow. SummerSlam on the whole has been a more entertaining show for me since I've started watching. Mm. So yeah, I think I tend to go into WrestleMania kind of with the view of there's going to be a lot of really impressive packages, the matches themselves, you don't really know what to expect. Some might be amazing, some will probably be shit, but either way it's seven hours of of wrestling, mostly. Is the length something that is inescapable? Because I feel like a lot of people have been talking about WrestleMania and the matches barely got a look in. A lot of people were just talking about how long this fucking show is. It's very long. It's very, very long. (laughs) I think they should experiment a little more with different lengths. Not necessarily for WrestleMania, but like WWE wrestling shows in general. I think they should play around with having some shorter... It's funny how incremental it's been because during the Edge Era podcast, we did, was like 40 or so pay-per-views in the Edge Era and... Back in those days, it was two hours, 45 minutes to three hours. Yeah. That was it. You might get an extra half an hour of WrestleMania. And now we've been reviewing the more recent stuff. And it's like, fucking hell. Mm. Five hours, four hours, you know. And it's it's funny, like, how I think a lot of us have just been... Like, we're going to watch it anyway, aren't we? Yeah. You're not going to start watching WrestleMania with two hours to go at the end. You're going to start watching it from the fucking start. Part of me wonders if they're just going to keep it going and just down the line, WrestleMania will be, it'll be a full two-day event wrestling all the time and you just tune in for the matches that you care about and yeah, like, don't bother uh, with the others. Like the cricket. Like the cricket, yeah. There's no People reason why that's not necessarily going to be what's... I mean, there's so much wrestling now. You know what you were saying? Mm. With them signing all these other companies... What's to stop them being like, right, it is, it's going to be three days, you're going to start off with the UK championships, and mm. that's going to be seven you know, hours or whatever, three hours, and then you've got a couple of hours break, and then you've got another massive show, and you've got another break, and you've got all progress, and yeah, yeah. you could just do it, and then you just watch the shows you care about, or you watch the matches you care about, and 
miss everything else. Hey, we've just come up with a tagline for WrestleMania 40. A fuckload of wrestling. A clusterfuck of wrestling. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a lot of wrestling. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger wrestling. <laughs> I mean, they can't just keep... Seven hours is, is a weird length. It is, it's too long. It's too long. It's they too, either need to like make it longer and have a break, or cut it down. I know, I'm, I'm still... I think within five years it's going to be a two-day event. That's yeah. my that's my hot pick. I think you're right. I listen to you there now in the future, going, "Oh, Kevin was wrong." Well, come find me in the past, and we'll fight about it. Yeah, but guess what? In the past, I'm younger and stronger. So think about that, okay? <laughs> Don't be looking at my Instagram thinking I can take him. You're talking about five years younger, okay? Five years younger. I'm doing DDP yoga. I'm nimble, motherfucker. I'll get you. <laughs> Let's have a look at some of our tweets and our Facebook posts. But before then, I think we have a bit of a caption contest to get into. Hello there. It's Kevin and Joe there. Hello. <laughs> now, normally this is when we would have a promo, Joe, isn't it? Yes, this is very weird and unnatural. I typed in WrestleMania promo, and try as we might, that uh, event, being an abstract concept, has yet to cut a promo of its own. Yeah, weird fact, there's never been a promo at WrestleMania, ever. There was actually one year where they had a giant video cube. Like, it was this cube that would lower down behind the wrestlers when they were in the ring. It had all different images on it. Mm. And I kind of feel like if WrestleMania ever was to cut a promo, a giant sphere or cube would descend into the middle of the ring like, hello I am Wrestlemania tremble before my seven hour length <laughs> I kind of hope that this cube would have all four sides covered in Steve Austin's scary head <laughs> all four sides would be Vince McMahon's scary head but Steve Austin's head is even scarier so Wrestlemania taglines is something we're going to talk a little bit about because every Wrestlemania needs to have a tagline Joe so every Wrestlemania needs to have kind of Wrestlemania it's the and this year, of course, it was the ultimate thrill ride. Mm. And we knew it was the ultimate thrill ride because every wrestler had to incorporate that into their promo. It's like, let me tell you, when I get my hands on you and the ultimate thrill ride, it's going to be the most barbaric, disgusting thing. When I am finished, I'm through with you. And the ultimate thrill ride. You will never be the same after the ultimate thrill Don't ride. Don't forget you have to point at the big WrestleMania sign each time you say that. <laughs> yeah, if you say... The ultimate thrill ride and you don't point at the sign that's an immediate, immediate two fine you get fined <laughs> fired and thrown in a pit of fire <laughs> in that order exactly so there's been some amazing wrestling taglines over the years for wrestlemania there have been amazing wrestlemania taglines i mean the best one obviously has got to be the original tagline for the original wrestlemania was the greatest wrestling event of all time Okay. That kind of sells the goods. And I think that's what's important about these taglines, that they should sell the goods. Mm. Some of the good ones they had were the ultimate challenge when Hulk Hogan faced the ultimate warrior or the mega powers explode. That was when the, the mega powers... Exploded? They exploded, yeah. Wait, no, no, you can't just move. I see you moving on. It was a mess. Explain this. Well, there were, there were these two men, okay, and they were powerful. Some yeah. would all argue that their powers were mega this is back in the late 80s, Joe, when mega was an adjective and yeah. not just kind of a non-word, like a word with no calories, like celery or something. Mm. This one mega meant something. So these were two megaly powerful dudes, and then they exploded. But did they? Well, no, they had a disagreement. They had fell out over a woman. That's very misleading. Uh, but, I mean, you see, when you've got gentlemen who are this powerful and they disagree... They don't just like, it could be like the mega powers are miffed off. Yeah. The have, mega powers. Have a bit of a tiff. <laughs> mega powers long weekend has been ruined. It's explode. And that's how we do it. Like other ones where we're getting into slightly more peculiar territory. Dare to dream. Greatness versus redemption. Where it all begins again. 
Now, those are some of maybe the good ones, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, Ultimate Thrill Ride, what did you think of that one this year? Were you, uh... I mean, as a tagline, fine. As a way to tie it into some slightly clumsy marketing, not a fan. And also as well, I think it was doubly bad when we realised that, because um, like SummerSlam, like, two years ago, mm. had also an Ultimate Thrill Ride vibe. They were all on uh, roller coasters and such. Yeah. So they kind of, they've already used that, haven't they? It just doesn't seem that linked to wrestling. Not really, no. Like, wrestling is not like a roller coaster. Unless the wrestling is going to happen on a roller coaster. Like maybe one of those, you know those gravity machines and they spin, spin around, around and yeah. stick to the edge and you have them fighting in one of those. Okay, so my idea is that next year WrestleMania will be held in Blackpool Pleasure Beach. WrestleMania. Bumper cars! That'd be great. You know, do you call them bumper cars here or dodgems? Uh, either. It's interchangeable. Depends okay. where you go. All right, some of our weird WWE WrestleMania taglines from way back when. The biggest WrestleMania under the sun. And of course, one of my favorite ones, Friendship Torn Apart. Aww. Aww. That I feel like that should have been the tagline for WrestleMania this year, what with Kevin Owens and Chris <laughs> Jericho. Torn Friendship torn apart. <laughs> it's appropriate. The idea of like kind of you know, that real kind of dun 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 dun, you know, the really happy music they had. WrestleMania. Friendship torn apart. They could have the whole montage of just loads of friendships being ruined. <laughs> There's lots of ones get ruined, you yeah. know, of course. That's all wrestling is, is, is friendships being ruined in a physical atmosphere. Okay, here are some of the really terrible ones. Heat. Get all fired up. That's what people wanted those I days. I mean, I understand if that's something to do with, like, Kane. Was Kane at that one? No, that's literally the year before Kane debuted. Oh. <laughs> we had... <laughs> so maybe it was, like, a premonition. All day long. So this is the one where Kane debuted? All day long was two years after Kane debuted. Oh. So, yeah, it, unfortunately, they're not, like, if you're trying to go, you know... Uh, Da Vinci Code, yeah. Angels and Demons on me. Get out of there with your mullet, uh, Tom Hanks, because you're not solving the mystery that way. They don't all spell out a big, long sentence, if that's what you're wondering. All 33 taglines. All day long's a bit of shit as a tagline. It is, and I was always trying to figure out, like, all day long, because that's an Attitude Era one as well. Don't emphasise the fact that WrestleMania is too long. We all know it goes on for fucking all day. <laughs> all day long. It's like, WrestleMania, just set aside your whole day, because you know it's going to take at least seven hours. WrestleMania 34, all day long, and all night long as well, and a bit of the morning. WrestleMania, seven hours long. That should be the tagline. WrestleMania 34, Ara lads, are you sure now? That's all day long now, come on. Well, all day long, all right, this is what I found quite strange, because that was an Attitude Era 1, it was for WrestleMania 2000. That was the WrestleMania that happened in 2000, not like... WrestleMania in the future that I've somehow seen, you know, 2,000 years into the future. It's yeah. not. But the reason it's called all day long, as opposed to all night long, which is pretty, that's like a sexy phrase, like all night long. Yeah, all night long, I get that sounds kind of cool. All day long was because before WrestleMania was on, they had a marathon showed all of WrestleMania on telly. So all day long, the idea was that you watched all of the WrestleMania marathon. Oh. And then you're like, oh. And you watched the new WrestleMania as well after that. Jesus. It's not nice. No. But speaking of Attitude Era, this is uh, the worst one of all time. WrestleMania 15. The Raging Climax. That's a bit... Bit greasy. (laughs) The Raging Climax. Call a fucking Raging Boner and be done with it. It's (laughs) obviously what they were going for. WrestleMania 15. Big. Hard. Willy. Cox. Cox. I mean, a Raging Climax is something which... I mean, we talked about in the Attitude Era podcast... You know, and it's just a phrase that's been in my head for a few years as a result. 
But generally speaking, when I climax, I'm delighted. Like, quite happy. Well, raging doesn't necessarily mean angry. It can mean powerful. <laughs> rage. Yeah. Rage is like a... No, raging. Raging. Not the same as rage. Which rage in with a, with a apostrophe N. Yeah, but still implying the full word, raging. There's something I want to see the word rage in with an apostrophe instead of a G. I think that it's going to be some sort of, like, spicy barbecue sauce. Yeah. <laughs> the rage in climax. Ooh, put it on your ribs, but Raging hot chips. <laughs> I'd eat them. So we put the, the, the call out to the how-to universe or the how-to universe to provide us with some of their ideas for WrestleMania taglines. Because WrestleMania always has weird names given to it like the granddaddy of them all, the celebration of life. So here's some of your entries into our WrestleMania caption contest. Elizabeth, passing train on Twitter, WrestleMania, the greatest wrestling event of part time. Of course, making reference to a lot of the part-time wrestlers who we'll yeah, see at WrestleMania. Yeah, they'll come out the woodwork at WrestleMania. You know, it's like they're like the lords. They just come out, the taxi is running on the outside, and they just go in and do their wrestling match real quick just to claim their £300 allowance and go back out again. You've just given me the greatest idea for a British wrestling show, though, all based around the ridiculousness of tradition involving the House of Lords. Imagine if they were to wear little buckle shoes and carry the little cane. Wait a minute! Wait a That's Black Rod! What the hell's he doing in here? I haven't seen him since 1896! Chris Brosnahan with WrestleMania. So long, you may need a nap. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, definitely. You know? Should split into two parts, give everyone a chance to go have a nap. Yeah, have a little nap, have a little sleep, come back in, rejuvenated. I think wrestling fans would be a lot nicer if they had a little chance to have a sleepy sleep. Because <laughs> you think about it, wrestling fans, especially like when you end up with a main event with Roman Reigns, yeah. you get very angry. And They're I think tired and yeah, angry, yeah. It's like you get tired out and you're a bit hungry and tired and you're just like, angry. Cranky. Throwing a tantrum. And then if you had a nap, that would happen less. If cake and juice could have diffused a lot of the situations we've had at WrestleManias in recent years, I, I am 100% sure I would enjoy WrestleMania more if there was a, a, a nap time in the middle. I just think it's a bit strange how, like, a random indie show you'll go to in the UK will have a break in the middle and WrestleMania That's won't. really good. But how have I never thought of that before? Oh, my God. Doesn't anyone need to take a piss? Like, anyone. Seriously? I mean, I just figured, you know? When does Michael Cole get a chance to sneak out and go for a week? He doesn't, really, as far as I know. He's got to sit there for seven hours yeah. drinking all that Mountain Dew. I've actually heard stories of rest, of wrestling announcers pissing themselves. It's Are you like, serious? That's the way it is, like, you know? And it's like the idea as well, they go at half-time at WrestleMania, and going, ah, there's still lots of time to get something at the bar. You want to go over and buy some merchandise? We've got the new John Cena wristbands over there. It's great, guys, all right? And tell you what, we'll come back in 15 minutes. Get your drinks, have a poo, have a wee, and uh, we'll get cracking with WrestleMania. All right, see you later, guys. <laughs> Great one from Kenny Pickett here. WrestleMania, Pitbull concert, and wrestling event. I told him there to put wrestling event as the top billing. That's ridiculous. Main event, Pitbull. <laughs> Main event, music. Demogorgon, WrestleMania. We hope Undertaker doesn't die too. <laughs> <laughs> One from Ben Counter here. WrestleMania, historically about one third likely to be good. All right, the one I think it could be our winner here, Pasta Sauce. WrestleMania, we're sorry it's not lethal leap year. So stop mailing us, it's not even a leap year this year. <laughs> I like that a lot, that's brilliant. Well, back to your tweets and your Facebook messages. Thanks so much for taking part in our WrestleMania caption contest. Got a tweet here from Dale Newstead who says, WrestleMania could be terrible for three years in a row and then still blow you away one year. It is what it is. 
it was what it was. And there's a lot of people who pointed that out, which was, I think, WrestleMania 30 and WrestleMania 31 were the two where everyone was expecting it to be fucking muck. Like, because yeah. the build was so bad. The thing with Daniel Bryan and him being fucked over and Batista being brought in. is like, oh, it's so bad. And then Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Are you kidding me? That's so bad. And then they ended with Rollins and the heist of the century. They're so good recently at, like, playing on those expectations. Mm. And that's why I think why, begrudgingly, I can never be like, oh, I'm not going to watch WrestleMania. No, because the ones which sound shit inevitably... I mean, I was saying that all up to the lead-up to this year's WrestleMania, mm. that everyone was like, oh, it sounds shit this year. I don't want to see Roman Reigns with The Undertaker. I don't want to see AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. It's going to be shit. And I was like, well, it's probably going to be quite good then because everyone thinks yeah. it's shit. <laughs> that, WrestleMania 31, I think, has to get my vote for WrestleMania that I thought would be the worst and ended up being like blew me away like mm. that and 32 of those it was like and that's when I realised that you, you you know a build that is sloppy doesn't necessarily mean a good Wrestlemania and a build that's exciting doesn't no. necessarily mean a good Wrestlemania either Wrestlemania 32 where everyone was so hyped about Shane McMahon coming back and it was kind of disappointing the whole show seemed way too long careful his son's gonna be listening oh The Rock's gonna be there yeah oh he talks for 20 minutes and <laughs> set his name on fire a thing that we'll never stop talking about <laughs> so yeah you, you just don't know it is what it is. It was what it was. A tweet from Pasta Saucer. Fave moment, Rollins winning the championship. Oh. I ugly cried. Least fave, modern day rock segments. Snooze. Oh boy. I feel very blessed that we didn't get a rock segment this year. Yeah, I was like, honestly, I was really scared. It was kind of like, do you ever have a party and you're like, oh geez, that dickhead has got a fucking yeah. show. It's yeah, like yeah. That. I was like, I'm enjoying WrestleMania. We're having a nice time. Don't come here, Rock. And worse, I was worried that like the New Day would take over as his kind of role of doing that. Kind yeah. Of slightly too long over the top promo. And they didn't. No. Good very, boys. Very reserved boys. Yeah. Tweet from Sean Somerville now. It may or may not always be the best show, but it always looks like the big deal they hype it up to be. Absolutely. And I think it's it's goes without saying that every year, you know, now it's not about pay-per-view buys. It's about network subscriptions. And I think that's something which will be interesting to see as the years go on. Are they going to effectively be able to turn the people who watch WrestleMania for free, because it's been free for the last two years, if you get your free month. Yeah. How many of those can they convert into actual long-term network subscribers? I always wonder about, like, what if they put WrestleMania for free on YouTube or something like that? They might just, as well! Just gave out for free. Do, like, shit tons of advertising. Like, you know, they've already done the KFC-sponsored, yeah, yeah. you know, stuff like that with Enzo and fucking The Bucket. Whatever. They could do loads of that, make loads of money from ads, loads of money from sponsorship, make it all entirely free. Fucking YouTube ads at the bottom. Who cares? <laughs> I was going to say. Push the network. Your idea is good, but WWE will get put in restricted mode and they'll be able to see <laughs> it. So, you know. <laughs> They've sued themselves. <laughs> it's, it's not like a right-wing conspiracy blog, honey. You can't just have anything out of restricted mode. <laughs> Activate Podcast says, Attended WrestleMania 31. The atmosphere surrounding the weekend was indescribable. A must-have experience for any wrestling fan. I think that's probably I mean we talked obviously about how quite intimidating it is if there's a lot of stuff to see and all that I mean obviously coming from the perspective of if I find out that there is you know a certain wrestler that I love I will have to see them and I have to see this match I have to see what the best wrestling is I want to see all the wrestling and there's such a variety on there there's a compulsion to see all this different stuff but I think that's like not a bad problem to have Mm. unquestionably if you are a wrestling fan the most amazing fun you can probably have is going to that weekend I or that hate week. It's just so expensive and it's just so 
And I really want to go, but it's such an investment of like, right, that's it. It's like Time, two money, grand. Energy. Yeah. You've got to travel on a nine hour flight. And even then you might get a blocked view. <laughs> And it might be a shit WrestleMania, and then you're there for seven hours. I would, I would honestly, I'd be so interested to see what you thought of the whole experience. That's the thing. You just, it, it would depend. It mm. would be either horrible, and I'd hate it, and probably never want to go back again, which is a genuine concern that I have about going to well, WrestleMania. Scary off, like yeah, that yeah. would be like right. Well, that was a waste of time and money, and I don't want to go ever again. What's the point? It's too much of a gamble. Mm. Or it might be the best. Well, see, because the WrestleMania I went to was like. It was a shit WrestleMania. Other than that one match, which was incredible, it was a pretty shit no-nothing WrestleMania. And even still with that, I thought it was just awesome. And the reason was, it was just like, there's something about like coming down into a hotel, into a lobby that's just full of wrestling fans. Yeah. You know, there's something about like, holy shit, there's fucking, there's D'Lo O'Brien over there. Like, oh my God, there's fucking Shane McMahon. Like, it's just something about the city being taken over by wrestling. Wrestle City, Joe. Rest, come live in Wrestle City with me. It's awesome. <laughs> so I just get intimidated even going to like Fight Club Pro. Like, oh, there's a wrestler I like. And bobs and bobs and bobs. <laughs> you heard that first, folks. There's a wrestler that she likes and bobs and bobs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time to announce what our next episode is going to be very very excited about this one oft requested finally doing this one this next episode is going to be about one of the inductees into the hall of fame this year and someone who has made joe and i's life immeasurably better this year i'd say this person has probably had the biggest impact on 2017 for both of us than like any other person in the world we are talking of course about the one and the only diamond dallas page shocked you boom now we will try and not just talk about DDP yoga positions God damn it. as much as we can, okay? You, you can do that if you want to. Or Stacy, or, or Arthur. Or Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Keep looking at me. But we're going to be looking at the very interesting career of One Diamond Dallas Page. We're going to have a chance to look at the new DDP documentary that's available from WB Home Video. We're going to be looking at some of Diamond Dallas Page's great matches and maybe some of his not-so-favorable moments in WWE. It's something which is... Really going to be interesting to talk about because he is someone who has had probably the most unique career out of anyone we've talked about on How to Wrestling so far. What's going to be most interesting for me in this is that for the first time, this is someone who I actually know a fair bit about, like his his life outside of wrestling. Yeah. He's popped up on all these different things that I've seen, all these documentaries, like his influence on Jake the Snake Roberts, his influence on like uh, Scott Hall. He's, like, he's had this huge, massive impact on like all these people. And I've heard so much about him and obviously I'm familiar with DDP yoga. You've actually seen him wrestle? Literally never seen him wrestle. <laughs> never, never ever. This is going to be interesting because this is one of our wrestlers that we're going to be looking at now who is really, really um, associated with one brand, which is WCW. So it's going to be a really interesting chance to look at what the climate was like in WCW, a little bit about the environment of WCW and why it is that Diamond Dallas Page's ascent into a main event superstar is so unlikely and so strange. There were so many things working against him. So we want to know about your favorite DDP moments favorite matches i want you guys to give us your thoughts and opinions on ddp if you're someone who has done ddp yoga and has made a positive or non-positive or any sort of impact on your life we'd love to hear from you guys it's always really interesting to know about so many people who are like shy about doing exercise and stuff and like i'll do that because that is the wrestler i like yeah that was fucking me and you know it's really helped i can sit cross-legged on the couch now motherfucker hell yeah hell yeah so we want to know about ddp and also as well your thoughts 
on the positive effect that he has had on so many other wrestlers' lives. I mean, a lot of people have really had their lives turned around in no small part, thanks to Diamond Dallas Page. Use the hashtag Hey2DDP, matches, segments, promos, and most importantly as well, funny stories. We'll be regaling Joe with the time that Stone Cold Steve Austin McFoley had some fun with cookies at Diamond Dallas Page's expense. All this and more on our next episode, which is How To DDP. So, thank you very much for listening to this episode of How To Wrestling. Thank you everyone so much for all the tweets and all the support as well while Joe was recovering from her wisdom tooth debacle. Thank you. Seriously, very nice touching tweets and all, because I know we had a little delay and some people were very lovely and very understanding. I was reading through everyone's heartwarming horror stories that they've had involving wisdom teeth extractions. Glad to know I'm not alone. Yeah, now Joe's got a new segment of fans who really love her, who are people who have also had their wisdom yeah, teeth taken the really out. core fan club of everyone who's gone out now on my end and had their teeth removed because of me. And of course, anyone who's reached out to me, who's also got wisdom teeth that enhances their ability to chew, I'll see you at ChewItCon98 and we'll all meet up and chew lots of things. Are you hashtag teeth in or teeth out? <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> Send in those tweets, those hashtags. Sorry, Joe, I can't hear you. I'm eating these delicious reason chocolate chews. Oh, grr. <laughs> Damn those teeth in crew. But if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud or on Stitcher Radio, make sure you subscribe, go back and check out all our other episodes leave a rating or review as well on iTunes that is so helpful let us know your thoughts on the episode and how you're getting on with How To Wrestling don't forget you can as always find us on Facebook that's facebook.com forward slash How To Wrestling and on Twitter which is at How To Wrestling please feel free always to send us a message or a comment just telling us whatever you like we always love to hear from you and as well if you're on Instagram and you like weird pictures and videos and what other random stuff pops into our heads you can follow us instagram.com slash how to wrestling if you want to help support the show the best way to do is becoming our backer on patreon patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling there is a variety of rewards to suit a backer of any means and needs for one dollar you get access to our show notes for five dollars you get access to our back catalog of bonus pay-per-view episodes joe there's over 25 episodes really yes over 25 episodes not just pay-per-views random one-offs as well like our snacks review our uk championship retrospective and our south paul regional wrestling retrospective all available for a five dollar backing you get access to all of them as soon as you become a backer wow for ten dollars you get to join us for our monthly live streams and if you want to request an episode of how to wrestling you can by becoming a $50 backer. We've also added a new tier on Patreon as well. If you're interested in having a spot or a plug for your project, your podcast, or your wrestling thing at the start of this show and to reach out to the How To Universe, get in touch at patreon.com slash wrestling or wrestling at gmail.com and let us know what you're after and we can have a good old chat about it. And we've got a really exciting thing to announce. We mentioned it earlier in the episode, but we're just so gosh damn proud we're just so gosh darn proud of it. It's something I've been wanting since we first started this podcast nearly two years ago now. Wow. And that is t-shirts. Yeah. We start off with coasters, logically, of course. <laughs> that's the thing every wrestling fan needs is a coaster. But next, after they've got their fill of coasters, you need a t-shirt. And that's where we can help you. And with the kind support of Water Maneuver, who have been absolutely great to work with, they've made us some absolutely lovely cotton t-shirts with our logo on and it's surrounded by flowers. It's very pretty. And it's not just t-shirts as well. What's awesome about Water Maneuver is that you can get t-shirts, tank tops, unisex, women's, men's tees. You can get toddlers clothing if you ah, want. Ah, what's to- your toddler in a t-shirt? 
or tiny fans, you know, little little, or you could put a little pug in one either as well. You could do that as well. Yes. And also get hoodies, sweatshirts, whatever is you're after, long sleeve, short sleeve tees, available in a variety of colors, everything from pink to yellow to blue, purple, black, gray. There is a huge variety of selections to choose from. And as well, all the t-shirts are of the utmost highest quality. They're 100% cotton. They're all kick-ass t-shirts. They're really, really good. There are certain types of t-shirts you get and you get them and you look at them, you can basically see through them. It's like you've rubbed fat against them or something yeah. like that. These are the type of t-shirts that you could form a rope out of and escape Vince McMahon's house if he you know, captured you or something like that. I imagine that Vince McMahon would do that. He'd capture children. I'm intrigued you went with Vince McMahon like Brock Lesnar or someone. Yeah, no one's getting on that compound. He's not gonna you know, capture anyone on that compound. Do you broke into Sable's house. Yeah, her house, not his. <laughs> if you want to get them, they're available from whatamaneuver.net. You can find or store there. Just search for how to wrestling. T-shirts are available to be shipped worldwide and start at $22 plus shipping. That's going to do it for this episode of How To Wrestling. Thank you everyone who has tweeted in letting us know your thoughts on this topic, How To WrestleMania. We look forward greatly to hearing your thoughts on Diamond Dallas page. Don't forget, use the hashtag HowToDDP or check out our Facebook page where there will be a thread there as well. And if you get yourself your t-shirt from What A Maneuver, take a picture of it, send it to us, we'll retweet it. Let us know if you've gotten yours. We can't wait to see the How To Universe looking fly in some What A Maneuver t-shirts. It's widely acknowledged we have the best, most best looking fans with the best, best taste in apparel. Absolutely. And that's why our t-shirts are available from whatamaneuver.net. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And a goodbye from me, Joe. And we'll see you next time for How to DDP. 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 <laughs> that's the right thing, right? You can do it. You can own this. See ya.